What's good, everybody? How we doing? How are you? How are things? What is new? It's your boy, Puro Caballero, a.k.a. Mayo Caballero. You know the fucking vibes? And we're doing it once again. This is episode 114, Living the Dream here on the Puro Caballero Show. Giving to you, uh, getting back to you uh, on a solo podcast episode. We had a couple guests on our last few Shout out to the homie Ryan. Shout out to the homegirl B. Uh, also, shout out to AJ Santos. Those have been our last three guests. We have a few more guests uh, scheduled to step into the studio in the next week or so. So definitely tune in and hold out for that. But uh, in the meantime, it's been about a month since the last time I got to talk to you guys solo, one-on-one. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of housekeeping, a lot of stuff going on. Um, a lot of stuff going on in my life personally. But uh, keeping on with this uh, with this comedy game, had a couple different shows go on. We had a few shows at Thai Angel Bar the last month or so. Shout out to everybody who stopped by. Do appreciate you. Shout out to everybody who we had on those shows, uh, which include on the last one on the ninth, John Yabez, Jerry Hernandez, Ray Cameron, Jorge Velasquez, and Remy Escobar. Thank you so much uh, for coming through. And then the show prior, we had Alan Henderson, Sarah Fatimi. Nicole Denise, Alec Feinstone, Mark Boyd, and Pete Nish. Yeah, I believe Mark also stopped by and I gave him a little drop-in set on the last show as well. But yeah, those were our last two shows. Thank you so much, everybody. You guys killed it. You guys did amazing. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll have another show on the 24th. Today is August the 15th right now as we're recording this. You might be seeing this a little bit into the, the future now. Um, once we get this up on YouTube and everywhere. So give us a follow once again on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. You know all the all the good shit, man. You know what to do. You know what to do. So, uh, so yeah, give us some love there. And uh, give love to the Instagram page. We've been kind of blowing up the last few weeks, man. I've been clipping out some of our uh, some some of our podcasts that we've had with, uh, with some of our guests recently. And uh, <laughs> we had some funny-ass moments. At, uh we've been putting up there getting a little raunchy with b <laughs> oh man crazy stuff uh i won't spoil that episode go take a look go go follow us on youtube and whatnot but uh but yeah man what else has been going on i've had a couple shows last week uh was in long beach at the crow's nest thank you to tony grams for having me a part of your show as well um let's see what else happening uh we had that tie angel bar show uh yeah, and I had a couple shows last month in July. But, uh, yeah, moving forward, we have a, a few more coming up. On the 20th, I will be at the uh, uh, Sidebar Comedy Show. It's going on in Hacienda Heights. I'll be posting more information there. That is this Saturday. Uh, so I'll be there. And then on the 27th, I will be performing on the uh, Hugs, Drugs, and Thugs storytelling show. Hosted by the one, the only Jerry Hernandez. It'll be going on at the Pack Theater. Shows at 10 p.m. We'll get more information once we have the flyer. I'll be posting all that information on my Instagram page. So give me a follow at Puro Caballero. But yeah, that's what's coming up. Uh, ooh, I'm excited. We got the Scam Summer coming up. What up, homies? What up, Twitch homies? Hope you guys see you guys there. And uh, that'll be fucking fun on the 23rd. So yeah, <laughs> if you're in town, hit me up. Let's kick it. All right. What else? What else been going on? Um, <laughs> we were talking about uh, the comedy scene. A couple, 
couple new specials have been coming out that I really enjoyed. Big shout out to Bill Burr. Oh, Billy Ballbag, the legend, the legend himself. He released the Live from Red Rocks uh, special on Netflix. I highly recommend you go watch that. That was pretty damn hilarious. I'm a big fan of his. I feel like most of the stuff he puts out <laughs> of any capacity, I'm going to be a fan of. That dude is uh, witty as hell. So, yeah, shout out to Bill Burr. Uh, also, big shout out to Andrew Schultz. He had another special come out that was, uh, I would say, pretty entertaining. It was a pretty unique uh, fashion in a way that uh, he was able to release a special. It had a lot of, I guess, a lot of controversy involving some of the jokes that he had told there. Apparently, he had a deal to have this released on a streamer. I'm not sure exactly. I don't think they specified which one specifically. I think it was for Amazon. I'm not sure. Not 100% sure. But anyway. He had a deal in place. They shot it. They recorded it. They had approved all the material prior, and then push come to shove. It comes comes around uh, after the whole what is it? Dave Chappelle trans community dot like issue that they had with his special. That starts to blow up, and he has some jokes, I guess, <laughs> involving them in the special. And he decided he didn't want to edit them out. So this particular streamer was just like. Well, I'm sorry. Well, I guess we're not going to put it out then. And he kind of did a boss move, and he was able to buy back the rights and then just release it himself, which I'm not sure if anybody's ever done before in that particular fashion, in that particular manner. So uh, that's pretty ballsy. Shout out to um, shout out to uh, Andrew Schultz for that one. But, yeah, it looked like that dude made his money uh, back and then some. So um, I happened to be one of the people purchasing that special. So, uh yeah, you got my support right there, but uh, yeah, that shit was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, he packed that shit with a lot of good, good material, a lot of jokes, man. The yeah, the last per minute are pretty, pretty fucking up there. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna hate. Um, that dude had me rolling over a lot of material. <laughs> I'll just say that. Oh man. So yeah, so those are a couple new specials that came out recently that I've been paying attention to. I know there's a couple others that I haven't had the chance to see, but yeah. Comedy game, I feel, is like in a pretty pretty solid footing right now in terms of the quality of uh, stuff that's out there. I know there's a lot of other shit, but, like, if you want good shit, you can go find it, I feel like. You know what I mean? So, uh, more power to the comics. And, yeah, hopefully that's a new business model that a lot of us could uh, capitalize on in the future. If you got that following, you got that backing, then, yeah, why the hell not, right? So... So go out and get it. Go get that shit. Um, not sure if he... I know he had it up live for two weeks or so, but then they took it down, and people were asking about it, like, hey, man, can we get it back up and running? And he brought it back up. So uh, I'm not sure if it's still up there available for streaming, but uh, I guess if you didn't get it, you want to DM me, I can send you a link. So you can keep that on the low, on the DL. But anyway, what else been going on in the comedy world? Uh, there's a lot of... A lot of news, a lot of craziness. Um, there was a Dave Chappelle. We mentioned him earlier that he had a show in Minneapolis that actually got canceled and got moved. That was kind of controversial. There was uh, supposed to be on July the 20th. He was set to perform at uh, First Avenue, which is the club that Prince used in Purple Rain. So it's a pretty legendary performance venue, even if it's not necessarily known to be like a comedy venue or a comedy club. He was, uh, god damn, I'm over here sweating like a motherfucker. Look at this. <laughs> All right. We, um, so yeah, the, the venue got pressured by the people in the trans community, I guess, in Minnesota 
and they decided they didn't want to have, have the event there. So they ended up moving it to another different uh, different venue. But yeah, this is all backlash to that last special that he had, which, man, it's, yeah, it's kind of cra- kind of crazy, kind of wild, man. Um, I don't want we don't have to rehash all that stuff, but yes, that shit pretty pretty much went down though. So it's still coming back in in the zeitgeist. So people are still not over it, I guess. So that's I, I don't know what the bottom line is. That's that's one of it, but but yeah, you eventually did have a performance in uh, the Minneapolis area. I want to say the next night or two nights later, something like that. But um, in any way, in any event. Weed, I guess. Um, some news in the comedy sphere. Uh, I do have to say my condolences to uh, the Bodega Hive and the brand. Uh, it was strong and it was brolic and they uh, they did their thing. But uh, Di Zamero is now no longer. I know you've probably seen the news if you're a fan of theirs. They uh, officially disbanded a few weeks ago. And there's been some, I guess you know, controversy and whatnot about, like, the reasonings why. But regardless, those two dudes had one of the strongest runs in the last few years, I would say, in late-night entertainment. And the way they were able to jump from network to network and keep that podcast energy strong and moving is pretty commendable, man. And those are two individuals I don't think that necessarily were friends before starting kind of that comedic adventure and all that stuff like that, too. So who knows? If the relationship kind of wore thin, I saw online that there's some controversy that it had something to do with management or whatnot, but who the hell knows? I don't want to, you know, think about that kind of stuff. Just kind of focus on the good stuff that kind of happened. And, you know, hopefully they come back and are able to uh, get back into the zeitgeist. Both of them are funny individually on their own, right? So them together was pretty cool, uh, which is kind of interesting that the timing of it happened. Um, Cause like both of them appeared on a podcast with uh, the All the Smoke podcast with um, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, so um, yeah, they just released it. I want to say like a month ago. So it was like that just happened, and then like the next week they're like, "Yeah, we're done. We're no longer." So who knows, man? Um, I'll say personally, I started following them around the Vice era. I'd say. I'm familiar with seeing their presence on Twitter years back prior to that, but like legitimately started watching their shows on Vice. So uh, that shit was action action packed, man. Like four nights a week coming with 30 minutes with uh, a lot of dope interviews and and some, uh, some hilarious clips for sure. That's what, uh, that's what got them up and popping was that, uh, that YouTube page, I'd say that was the, the biggest introduction, I guess, for me to their comedy and their brand and stuff. And then obviously listen to their podcasts and all that stuff, all the AKAs and whatnot. Um, for a long time on this podcast myself, I've dropped the AKAs at the beginning kind of as a tribute to their, um, to what they did. But I don't know. <laughs> I haven't really picked that up recently. But in any event, man, they they're, uh, they were a force for a long time, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I will say as well, I think it's funny that the timing that they ended and the Breakfast Club ended at the same time when they both had like that beef that popped off last year that was kind of spicy or a couple years ago, I should say. DJ Envy got all upset with uh, with Jesus over some comments he made about his wife and whatnot. 
after they made a public appearance on like some talk show. Nah, I don't know. We don't have to get into it. You can you can watch the the clips on there online. <laughs> that show's pretty funny. I see he's just freaking metal going bra bra. <laughs> so we'll tag them on the on the show on there. Um, so yeah, that's also over to Breakfast Club. I guess Angela Yee announced that she's no longer going to be a part of the show, so I think they're disbanding as well. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, Charlemagne's pretty well established now in the media realm, and I don't know. DJ Envy's obviously DJ Envy, so he's. I think still going to have a presence in his own right, but we'll see what happens, man. That's a couple, you know, East Coast, I guess, pillars into like the hip hop comedy kind of realm, I guess, sphere, that kind of world in the sphere of influence. So like all that stuff's uh, in the flux, I guess, right now. So we'll see what happens. Excuse me. Got to take a sip of this water. I'm over here sweating like a motherfucker. I'm already working hard for this podcast. Look at this. Look at this. Sweating. Jeez. Hotter than steam out here. God damn. God damn. Had to take a quick pause because uh, it's going to be tough getting into the next couple subjects. So I just, just got to get into it, man. But being in the comedy game, it's, uh, it's always sad. It's always unfortunate to see when you see comics that are like, more veteran, more established than you are. Fortunately, end up uh, losing their life in one way or the other. And there was a couple losses that happened in the last few weeks that are pretty tragic, I will say. Um, so I do have to say, rest in peace to Jack Knight and rest in peace to Teddy Ray. Um, Jack passed last month. Um, he was found in an embankment, and I believe... They're gonna, they had ruled it a suicide. Uh, there was a gunshot wound. I don't want to get into the controversy if it was anything other than a suicide. So, regardless, is that was a that uh, that one stunk. That one hurt, especially considering how young he was. He was only 28 years old, and seemed like he had such a bright future ahead of him. He had already worked on a ton of projects and had already been well established in like kind of being like, I guess, a media darling for the last four or five years or so. I, I, since I've recognized him to see him, I uh, personally ran into him a couple of times. I know he opened for Aziz Ansari here at the World Turn at an event that I happen to just be working at. And I got to see a little bit of his opening set and, I got to see him hanging out, and I told him, what's up? And thought he killed it and thought he did well. But, um, yeah, man, he was on a lot of different projects. Um, I know he was a voice character at Big Mouth, and seemed like he had the world ahead of him. So that's that was really, really sad, unfortunate scenario to hear. So um, RIP the Jack Knight and... I can dole his thoughts and prayers to the family, man, because that's, that's a tough one, man. I, I, that's why I wore this shirt in particular because, you know, regardless of whatever you're going through, I know I'm not at any way at that level in my career at this point. But just understand that it gets everything will be fine and it does get better. So, like, if you're somebody who's out there struggling with stuff, definitely go reach out and talk to somebody. It doesn't necessarily matter who it is, but just 
you know, if you have issues, go ahead and vocalize that. I know a lot of the stigma regarding mental health and all these issues has kind of been lifted a little bit in the last couple of years. So it's definitely something to remember. Um, but that's, that was a sad one. That was a, a fortunate, fortunate, uh, fortunate news to read, uh, when it dropped, but, um, yeah, it's sad, man. I don't like talking about death comics, especially since I'm so young, but you know, man, I guess cautionary tale. It's just, mm. just to take your own life too. That's just, that's another, that's just another whole element to the whole situation. That's, It's a rough one, man. It's a rough one. Also have to say RIP to Teddy Ray, as I mentioned earlier. This was uh, something that just got announced a couple days ago. It was reported today, earlier, that the cause of death was by drowning. Apparently, he was found floating in a pool. Um, there was a, like, um, a laborer, I guess, or somebody who was, like, supposed to clean the pool, clean the property who found him there and alerted the authorities and then found out who it was. So that was very unfortunate as well. I want to say that occurred on Friday. So, yeah, that was pretty sad. Um, so RIP to Teddy Ray as well. That's uh, He was so funny, man. That dude was hilarious. He was teaming up with... Uh, Oh my god. With the yeah, I mean he was like on On Death Digital. He had a whole bunch of funny skits. He would, had been on MTV before. He, Comedy Central. I know he had done some stand up clips for them as well. But yeah, he was doing he was teaming up with Lewis Bell producing shows over at the Ha Ha Comedy Club in North Hollywood and seen him walking around that venue a few times. But damn, I just you wouldn't think he would past this young in that tragic of a manner i'm not sure exactly what what happened i don't know if he was just unconscious and fell into the pool or what what it was but damn damn man he was only 32 as well so being someone at the age of 30 i'm like damn i've seen people a little older a little younger than me not making it in this world and that's that's tragic, man. That's freaking tragic. So another sad day in the world of comedy, man. Like, um, mm, I don't know. That stuff gets to me. That stuff gets to me. So I had to talk about something that's got to be discussed, man. So regardless of what you're going through, definitely try to reach out and find somebody. It's, it's tough. Even, even if you don't get any, if it feels like you don't get anywhere with that discussion, just know that that's an option for you man because i'm lucky enough to have people in my life who have been able to help me and keep me on that path and keep things in perspective overall but um i know not everybody has that so that's just i guess blessing that i recognize and i hope everybody can find that person or those people for for you in your life so so i mean damn damn man RP Teddy, RP Jack, man, that's that's tough. Tough stuff, tough stuff. Oh man, where do we go from here? Um, 
a lot of craziness in the world, a lot of wild political news been caught popping up. I don't know how we transition from that to this, but we're going for it, man. Um, crazy stuff. The Biden family, they've been getting in the news a lot recently. Um, Hunter, man, more salacious materials get leaked every single day, it seems like, every single month. He had a whole bunch of videos and a whole bunch of pictures and information get leaked to the media. Um, I didn't really look too much into that stuff, but I know a lot of memes have been popping up and whatnot. Pictures of him with prostitutes smoking crack and shit. You're like, jeez, dude. Why would you keep these photos in your library? But anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah, more salacious videos up of him, and it's got a lot of father for people on the internet so that's been a lot of crazy stuff um his dad has been in the news a little bit too he uh got covid a couple weeks ago and uh then he got covid again a few weeks later so i want to say that was like a month on the 21st he got it the first time and then like two weeks later he got it again so i want to say he's negative now currently but who the fuck knows with this this new these new variants and whatnot been popping up so um He's been going through it that regard. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> he's had a couple moments recently that were just like, what are you, what's going on? He like mentally is not all the way there. It just doesn't seem that way. I don't know. It's he's like shaking hands with ghosts <laughs> and forgetting that he shook hands with people already as he's going through possession. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the hell they got him hopped up on or what's going on but it's yeah it's questionable as if he's gonna make it through this term i think we talked about it when he first got into office but damn man like we're about to have a primary elections coming up in the fall and that would be i guess the halfway point of his term and it's not the not the best look so far halfway through it man and uh there's a lot of pressure on Kamala Harris, too, right now. I think she's one of the most disliked vice presidents, like, of all time as well, too. So people are not really particularly hyped about the prospects of her taking over. If Sleepy Joseph does decide to take his last nap, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, damn, man. I mean, I guess that's karma for putting so many <laughs> people in prison over there in uh, San Francisco area. I mean, hey. I mean, hey. Tend to piss people off that way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of other shit. A lot of other <laughs> stuff on our record. Y'all can dive into that. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, speaking of presidents and controversy, the the last one. Uh, we haven't talked about this guy in a minute, but uh, President Donald Trump, former president. He's uh, back in the news once again. No, he's not back on Twitter. Um, no, the Truth app has not blown up outside of people who follow <laughs> whatever he's talking about. But uh, his property at Mar-a-Lago got raided over some search for some documents. Apparently, he had some uh, very sensitive material that was just lying around in his cabinets or safe or wherever the hell. But uh, apparently the FBI was on the search of some documents related to uh, nuclear missiles, which is like, yeah, <laughs> duh, definitely get that shit. 
crazy enough that Trump had access to that stuff in the first place. But like, regardless, like, dude, you can't be taking that shit out with you. He's also somebody who in the past has had uh, issues with covering up material and getting rid of documents. Um, after this happened, he definitely pointed the finger and said, hey, well, look at what the fuck happened with uh, Hillary Clinton. She was able to delete apparently 30,000 texts and emails. So it's like, hey, bro, <laughs> like, what the fuck's up? But, uh, I mean, one of them's digital and the other one's not. So it's like... <laughs> I mean, dude, dude, you gotta, you gotta make sure to keep your documents safe, bro. Like, come on, come on. Are we letting them get out and away with this shit, man? That's crazy. And I don't know. It's just to see how long those docs might have been there. We'll see what happens. We'll see if it's, anything comes of it. But yeah, there, there was a search warrant. They eventually released information saying that he was uh, under investigation for p- p- potential obstruction of justice. And Espionage Act violations. So, what specifically that entails, we don't know yet. A lot of uh, conjecture online. We'll wait and see see what the fuck happens before we talk about it. So, yeah. Just know that shit's up and popping and people are fucking feeling one kind of way or the other kind of way about it. Apparently, Joe Biden said he didn't know what the fuck was going to happen or when it was going to happen. I saw Eric Trump go on Fox News a little saw a little clip of it where he was talking about it and he said that hey as somebody who was uh part of the last administration we would know if the FBI was going to raid another top political um person of interest I guess or um potential running mate into the future somebody who had done stuff in the past or was tied to um opposition party so it's like, yeah, we would know in advance of shit like that would pop off. But is he telling the truth? I don't fucking know. So also, if that was the case, I don't think that's a natural line of order that the FBI is supposed to be following. So it's like, if that was the case, were they doing that shit and not supposed to? So it's like, I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Just know Trump family's back in the news. We're back in the Back in the zeitgeist. Can't get rid of these fools. All right. Also back in the news, um, Trump family, like I mentioned, um, do have to mention that they did have a uh, member of the family who recently passed away, uh, former uh, wife of Donald Trump, Ivana Trump. I believe it was his first wife. Um, passed away recently. She was found at the bottom of a staircase in her New York City home and apparently sustained blunt impact injuries um, after falling. And the death was ruled an accident. So, condolences to her. Um, I want to say Trump's first or first kid was with her. Second, maybe. I think he had one. I think just one, Ivanka, his daughter Ivanka with her. So, yeah. R.I.P. to her. R.I.P. to Ivanka Trump. Um, She was married to Donald from 76 to 92. So, yeah. I guess when he started blowing up in the media sphere, that relationship ended. So, I don't know what was behind that. But anyway. um, Yeah, they're saying it was an accident, but it was just like, if you're really into the, <laughs> to, uh, 
that crazy InfoWars shit, you might be like looking at it like, hmm, who might have pushed her down that shit? Who would have a reason to do that? <laughs> Don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Let's just say it was an accident and uh, ended at that, especially because it's like, I don't know, what, what would be the benefit of having her gone? But anyway, I digress. I digress. If she would have said something, she would have said it by now, right? I mean, I think they still had a pretty amicable relationship, amicable relationship afterwards. So, I mean, who's to say what, right? Who's to say? Who's to say? All right. Um, <laughs> who's to say on that? Um, you know what one judge said recently? Uh, Alex Jones, you are a liar. <laughs> and you've been uh, defama- defaming the children of the Sandy Hook uh, massacre and their families. Um, for quite some time now. Yeah, because there was a, a ruling that happened recently. There's a lot of different cases that are ongoing uh, with Alex Jones going against the families of the Sandy Hook children who had tragically been murdered. Um, one particular family got $4.1 million from him in a ruling. A jury found him, uh, I guess, liable to pay all that uh, last week. So... It looks like the InfoWars Alex Jones media sphere is going to be paying a lot in legal fees in the next uh, couple years here because it's. I think this is just one particular case. I think there's pl- a plethora of more coming down the line for um, Alex Jones and all that shit. So it's like, holy shit, holy shit. There are consequences to some of your words and uh, what you direct to the media. Um, it was pretty crazy. I was reading into to the uh, some of the news articles about the story, and it's like uh, he like just barely recognized and admitted that Sandy Hook did, and in fact, happen like in court. <laughs> he was pretty adamant about it that it was a uh, crisis actor situation and that they were not uh, um, real children who had gotten killed. Bro, wild shit, fucking wild, the wildest. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Jerry found him uh, guilty, and now he's got to pay that money. Careful what you say, man. Careful what you say. Don't be talking too crazy, too wild. Uh, I understand this, you know, freedom of expression and all that stuff, First Amendment rights, but like, you got to be careful, man. It only goes so far, so far for that. Um, what else happening? Let's see here. Since we're talking about uh, different rulings, uh, we talk about an international ruling that a lot of people have been tuning into. Um, this would be the case of Brittany Griner, uh, smuggling a parent's, uh, weed vape juice in, uh, her con- suitcase container into Russia. She's been in custody in Russia, I want to say for seven months now, something like that, six months, no, maybe five months, something like that. It's been, it's been an extended period of time for her. The Russian judge finally sentenced her a few weeks back uh, to nine years in prison for drug smuggling and possession. Now, this seems kind of excessive, not only just in the fact and just in general, like she only had a little wee vape pen. It's like not the most, like, are you really going to distribute, you know? Um, are you really trying to, I mean, you know, like what are you do up to? Not moving pounds or anything like that. Um and apparently, typical sentencings were around maybe five years in uh, the Russian prison system, from what I read. Now, 
apparently the whole process was the U.S. was waiting for a ruling to be decreed before they can now negotiate with Russia over trying to get her back. Um, regardless if that's the case or not, I've seen quite a bit of time um, to let her just be chilling in that jail cell. But apparently they're working on it. I know Biden administration has talked about it, saying that they're putting in their best efforts to try to get her back home. We'll see. Um, there's like a, a prisoner swap that they've been talking about. Apparently there's this guy who uh, was an arms dealer and had targeted U.S. military personnel in the past uh, from some of the arms that he had sold. They had been targeted against the U.S. So it's like Russia wants this guy. Is it worth it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do we keep playing hardball? That's up to them. I don't know what the right decision is, but um, yeah, it seems pretty controversial. Um, there's a lot of political maneuvering going on right now, I guess, behind the scenes from what they've said and what I've what I've heard. Uh, but like in the media, the way it's discussed has been a little bit interesting as well because on the one hand, yes, I think that uh, having a WNBA superstar over there is not the best look, somebody that high profile. Um, on the other hand, the U.S. has been advocating for her release, um, saying that it was you know simple drug possession charges, um, while on the same hand still having a shit ton of people in their own prison system for similar charges in different counties and different states uh, across the U.S. and different places, even in places that have uh, currently legalized uh, consumption, possession of marijuana in certain cases, they're still quite a crazy number of people behind bars for um, those, I guess, petty crimes that you we would consider now. So even though the rules have changed, there's still people who uh, retroactively still need to be, and a lot of people's eyes compensated. So some people will say, hey, that's hypocritical for you as the government to be still jailing people over this possession of stuff while trying to advocate for somebody to be released. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I think she should be released, and I think also the people in the U.S. should definitely be let go at this point over stuff that I think as a society we're pretty much over, right? Like, I've been trying to get over this war on drugs and craziness and all this controversy and these wild shit that's been happening for generations. So I think finally we're starting to get some progress on that matter, but we're not where we can be, so... There's always room to grow and always room to uh, push that forward. So let's see what else what else happening. Um, let's transition a little bit. Let's go into the world of music. Um, crazy headline. I saw this one on Instagram. There was apparently a woman who gave birth during a Metallica concert. That happened in Brazil. Apparently this lady gave birth to Enter Sandman. <laughs> that is a badass song to be... Uh, born to in this world um her son's middle name is james after james hetfield uh lead singer of uh, metallica so uh, congratulations are in order for that uh, that particular family and uh that's pretty crazy that she <laughs> actually gave birth at the concert though um hopefully the child is now doing fine and healthy this has been a few weeks now since uh i read this article but Holy shit, man. Talk about a wild fucking story, right? 
that kid, I don't know, is he like destined to now be <laughs> uh, a rockero out there in Brazil? Is he going to be the new rock star of the next generation? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Will he just be an average Joe? <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, kid. But yeah, that's a crazy cool origin story, I guess. I was born at a Metallica concert, dude. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you rock to the core. Well, <laughs> I was born in this shit, son. What up? What up? All right. <laughs> All right. What else? What else happening? Um, y'all see what happened with Kid Cudi? That shit was crazy. That shit was wild. Got hit in the head at uh, Rolling Loud out in Miami a couple weeks ago. That whole scenario was going on between him and Kid Cudi, or Kid Cudi and Kanye, excuse me. Dude, this shit just does not want to end. It does not want to end. It just does not ever end, man. So apparently Kanye was scheduled to perform. He canceled the week uh, prior, two weeks prior. And so uh, Rolling Hell Out had some, some openings there in their lineup. So Kid Cudi said, oh, I'm available. I'll perform. I'll do it. And so, uh, so they're like, all right, sure. They booked him. And he went out to perform, and a lot of fans who wanted to see Kanye didn't necessarily want to see Kikadi were there. And now, considering that they're no longer boys and they're like button heads, they were like, fuck Kikadi, we're on Kanye's team. Which, uh, if you were going to go there just to hate, then what the fuck are you doing, man? You just, it's just like the whole audience was just there to troll. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's some kind of whack shit. Especially because, like, I think isn't it rolling out like multiple stages? And you just go do some other shit if you don't want to fucking fuck with Cuddy, but whatever. But yeah, somebody threw a water bottle, hit him in the head, and then uh, he was just like, yo, if anybody throws any other shit, I'm walking out of here. And then somebody, like, immediately pelted him, <laughs> hit him again. He's just like, all right, fuck it, I'm out. Dropped the mic, and then uh, it was just like, deuces. Um, yeah, man, crazy, crazy shit. You don't like to see uh, crowds get hostile with the uh, the artists like that if it's uh it's not warranted and at that point i don't consider it to be but you know i guess he was stepping into like uh um it, you know into the gorilla enclosure i guess or the uh what's the, the the lion's pit or whatever you know whatever fucking zoo exhibit you want <laughs> like he was in there with uh with the enemy i guess i don't know Fucking metaphors, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> this dude was out there doing it, living it. So, um, um, in any event, I think he's okay. I don't think he physically got hurt that bad, but uh, I did see footage later. Apparently, there was people who were upset. I don't know. I don't know what footage is, is from that and what footage was from some other shit, but there was a video of some other dude on a concert getting just like drilled standing on top of a bunch of porta potties and uh i don't know if that's involved or if that's related but uh yeah <laughs> it seemed like it was people on you know, online were like oh look at the guy who hit cuddy now people are hating on him and protecting cuddy because like in a situation like that it can only take a couple bad people who piss off the the artists and just fuck it up for everybody else but um yeah, in a big, big venue and a big concert like that, it's like, if there's like a couple bad apples, sometimes you can kind of handle it. But if it's, if it's wild and it's crazy like that, then the security's just like, oh shit, now, now what do we do? We got to crowd control with all these people. But um, I guess that's what they're paid to do, man. So fucking do your job, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Protect Cuddy. Um, 
somebody else that needs to be protected? How about the DJs at these events? <laughs> um, also, I guess, on another extent, do your job as well. Um, I know technical difficulties do happen from time to time, but, like, damn, man, like, sad situation that happened with Wiz Khalifa at, uh, I think it was Poppy Nightclub here in L.A. Um, there was a video that surfaced uh, about a week ago, two week and a half ago, with Wiz going off at uh, the DJ. The um, DJ was booked that night. I believe it was DJ Mike Danger from what I saw online. Um, not ex- particularly familiar, I guess, with his stylings necessarily, but uh, uh, I digress. Um, video came out of just Wiz just berating this man and talking the most. Uh, most crap and the most shit and like belittling him like in his face like pretty pretty severely and he was like talking shit telling him like bro why the fuck do i have to tell you how to do your job do get your shit correct man like what the fuck this is some bullshit and yeah you can guys see it for yourself it was pretty fucking intense but um yeah i saw some more videos saw some more back and forth on twitter about the whole fiasco and uh it didn't seem like shit was going to plan according to plan. Um, apparently, there was some issues with starting and stopping songs back and forth and playing the right song or the wrong track. Wiz had dropped an album there uh, that night or the night before. So he was playing a lot of his new records, and apparently this guy didn't have the records on hand. I don't know. Send him via email. You should have a USB thumb drive on hand as an artist, as uh, if not like the number one uh, means of getting your music to them as a backup, you know? So I don't know who that part, the blame part uh, on that part goes to. Um, If they had the records and then DJ just didn't, I don't know, transfer the files correctly or if they didn't read it correctly or what. But this situation where you have a DJ booked and then like a hip hop artist or like an R&B artist wants to perform is not something new. Like, this is something that a lot of uh, open format DJs have dealt with in the past. And, like, there's, you know, there's generally, you know, checklists of things that you got to do to make sure that the night goes all right. And uh, it didn't seem like that's what happened. It also looked like there was another engineer who was, like, going over the side of the DJ's uh, uh, shoulder and was, like, twisting knobs and changing shit. And it seemed like he was uh, getting a little picky in there. And I don't know if he was just trying to, like, interject to make it seem like he was helping and uh, fixing the situation, fixing the problem. But it seemed like it only exacerbated the situation and made it worse because then Wiz was started talking shit to hit both of them. Wiz uh, was flipping the hat uh, and, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say assaulted, but definitely was, uh, um, got, like, a little physical, not physical, physical, but, like, kind of a little pushing and shoving and shit like that with the DJ. So, like, it was just a bad scene overall. Not a good look um, on anyone's part. <laughs> a lot of DJs came to the support of, the, of uh, I guess, Mike Danger and were just like, yeah, we ain't going to play your record, bro. And it's like, man, if your record was really that hot, like, we would have had it already, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of shots going back and forth and shit like that. Um, some people in, in Wiz's camp came back to his defense and were like, hey, man, it wasn't all him. There was some other people fucking up, too. So I don't know. It just became finger pointing, but it's just like, bro, like, what the fuck are we doing? Let's just uh, let's get on the same page here and just uh, let's make sure the night goes according to plan. But um, yeah, yeah. There's some small technical shit that looks like they could have 
easily sorted out beforehand, but didn't apparently. So, yeah, man, just get your shit right, man. Get your fucking uh, music right, bro. Come on, come on. And if you're the DJ and if you got to have that shit ready, like, you got to make sure you got that got that handled. Make sure you uh, listen through that music. And you sure you, uh, if you get a set list, make sure you have that prepared and ready to go. And uh, you know where to go from there. So, uh, yeah, I've only done it on a small scale, I would say, uh, on a number of occasions. But uh, it's something that, you know, very, very doable, very manageable. So. Um, hopefully they could, uh, fix that shit. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> hopefully that shit doesn't happen to Wiz anymore. Hopefully Wiz doesn't have to berate nobody either. That was, that was wild. That's wild. That's wild. All right. Let's keep, keep up with the crazy headlines. Dude, I haven't even, we haven't even got to like talk about sports yet. I think second hour of the show is just going to be straight sports talk. Just rapid fire. Bang, 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 bang. All right. Let's finish this up. About 45 minutes into this. Let's fucking go. Um, crazy headline, 10-year-old taken from Columbus, Ohio, uh, crossed state lines to Indiana on June 30th uh, to terminate a pregnancy that was apparently caused by an alleged rape by a 27-year-old illegal Guatemalan immigrant by the name of Gerson Fuentes. Gerson Fuentes. Man is currently held under a $2 million bond. Um, that is a tragic situation. And uh, damn, 10-year-old is just fucking young, man. That is, that is, that is such, so sad. Um, that that had to occur, but just another domino effect of uh, the different uh, legislations that have been happening, the different changes that have been going on with the Supreme Court in terms of the Roe v. Wade ruling and whatnot. So it's like, fuck, bro. So just another hoop to be jumped through um, by uh, that particular family to, um, I guess, assist that little girl in uh, terminating that pregnancy from that uh, horrific, horrific crime. That occurred. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> there's so many different flash trigger points in this story that like can get you going crazy to one end to the other. I mean, there's the whole immigration debate, then you got the whole Roe v. Wade debate, and then you got states' rights to issues too. Um, you got pedophilia. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's a lot of shit packed into one one story there. So. Um, Horrific, 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 and damn, a lot of the shit that I tell you guys, I really wish I just did not happen. I just did not have to read, but my mind is curious of the shit. I don't know. I don't know. Got to know what's out there sometimes, man. Fucking wild, wild shit. All right, moving forward. Uh, another crazy story. There's a West Virginia woman who recently uh, came out of a coma that lasted over two years. This was in a coma that uh, was induced by a physical altercation, a physical attack. And uh, once she came out of the coma, she was able to identify who her attacker was. It was her brother, bro. Her own brother, who apparently had, like, abandoned where he was living and was just off the grid and was living in the bumfuck forest out in the sticks, out in the boonies of uh, West Virginia, the mountains. And, uh... Yeah, apparently this guy beat the crap out of her uh, to near death, I guess. Put her in a coma for two years and then just was on the lam. And uh, so she came to and was able to identify him. Said he was, quote unquote, did it because he was mean. But fuck, that is, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. Ugh, dude. Yeah, it was a 
the details of the story were fucking horrific. But as soon as I thought about this story, I was just like, damn. Minus the beating and all that stuff, it would be kind of cool to just fast forward two years through the COVID era. <laughs> like that part of it is not the worst. You're like, damn. All right. Didn't have to like live through that shit. My stupid comedic brain is just like, all right, well, <laughs> did they give her a mask while she was on the ventilator and stuff? Stupid. <laughs> fucking idiot. I was like really surprised that one, the state of West Virginia was had the, the medical capacity to like take and care for her and treat her. Um, and then two, that she actually survived that shit after two years. But uh, apparently she's in pretty severe shape, even regardless of um, being out of coma. But um, my thoughts and prayers are with you. I hope uh, you have a... Uh, um, are able to get to your retribution, I guess, legally against your brother. That is some bullshit. That is some bullshit. As somebody who has siblings, I'm like, I don't, I would never in my mind conceive getting to that point where I would physically maim and assault one of them or over some, some, some issue. Um, yeah, because I think my siblings are good people too. So I don't know. Crazy shit. But yeah, if I had to pick like one state, I guess this story would have came from, I think West Virginia would have been it though. So <sighs> what are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know if you saw my interview with B, but like, why do <laughs> I know we need two Virginias. Why do we need two Dakotas? I don't know. <laughs> stupid, stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Another, another story about crazy families. I don't know if you guys or paying attention to this this whole ordeal, but uh, former international superstar Ricky Martin was recently accused of um, what is it, domestic violence, domestic dispute, um, having like a sexual relationship with his twenty uh, two year old nephew. Uh, hold on, how did I? Why did I write this? This way, hold on. Hold on, hold on a second. What am I doing? Ricky Martin could face 50 years in prison after new developments arise in domestic dispute. Apparently, he had a sexual relationship with his 22-year-old nephew, Dennis Gadiel Sanchez. Um, and the seventh month, the relationship ended and a physical and psychological abuse began. Apparently, that was uh, the initial allegations by his nephew. Now, the charges were eventually dropped by said nephew and uh eventually it came out that i guess he was uh kind of on the loon kind of crazy kind of acting out not necessarily all the way there had dealing with some mental trouble having some issues so uh apparently ricky martin's in the clear now but that was fucking wild shit i mean just off the looks of it i, I wouldn't assume he would be doing some crazy wild shit like that some incestual ass shit, but um world's a crazy place, man. I wouldn't, I guess, 100% rule it out. The way that I guess they handled the allegations was a little questioning to some people. They were like, why don't you just come out and just, like, say something? They, He kind of, like, waited and was, like, talking through his lawyer and some, like, shit that was released that way. So, I mean, teach their own, man. Teach their own. Um All right. All right. More, more weird 
and sexual ass shit in the news. I don't know if you saw the news that was going on with Elon Musk and his father. Uh, his dad, Errol, was at the age of 76. It was confirmed that he had a secret second child with his stepdaughter, uh, Jana uh, Bezudenholt, who has helped raise, uh, who he helped raise as a stepdad when she was only four years old. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right. So, yeah, he helped raise this lady, uh, this individual. She became a grown adult. And then she had not one, but two children from her former stepdad. Now, his mom and her eventually divorced later on. But still, that is like, ugh, that is some icky shit. You're like, ugh. And apparently the rest of the Musk family has totally exercised them from their family, I guess. Or they're just like not cool with them anymore. <sighs> so, yeah. The baby apparently is now three years old. And she has a five-year-old also with uh, Errol Musk. This fucker Errol Musk, man. That dude is, uh, that dude is wild, bro. Dude, Musk family really trying to repopulate the earth, bro. They're trying to spread their seed like Genghis Khan style, man. Just get it everywhere out <laughs> where you can, man. That's crazy. That is, that is salacious, man. Um, pfft. I, I, I wonder what her psyche is, man. Like, what, what's going on in her mind? Hmm. You know that guy that like I used to live with and help raise me and stuff, and was like. Fucking my mom. Yeah, I want to get with him. Like, what the fuck? Like, there's, I don't know. There's some something, something weird going on there. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, is this the same weird, fucked up family trauma shit that, like, also motivated Elon to, like, become as successful as he did? I don't fucking know. This is the other edge of the coin where it's, like, some weird shit happens and it's, like, kind of down with that. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know, man. South Africans are weird, bro. <laughs> I'll just I'll just like put that as a blanket label from every um story I've heard, every interaction I've heard. South South Africans are just weird, bro. Afrikaners motherfuckers, y'all are fucking another different kind of weird, bro. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck apartheid. I'll say that. All right. Um crazy shit. Crazy shit, man. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. Different Sexual relationships between generations. Weird, controversial stuff getting down. Um, let's move into the world of sports. We got a couple stories kind of related to that uh, that kind of theme. This one's kind of funny. It's a lot more lighthearted, I'd say. Um, there's a story of the quarterback for the Jets, Zach Wilson, who um, fortunately had a knee injury. I think he tore his meniscus. going to be gone for like about a month now. Um, scheduled to start there for the Jets. Um, there was a lot of salacious reports. Earlier in the offseason, a couple of weeks ago, about the fact that uh, he had been accused of sleeping with his mom's best friend. Uh, this was uh, accusation was made by one of his former girlfriends, who I don't know what kind of bone to pick she had with him, but like, dog, dog, crazy. Um, I think it was like on Snapchat, she came out and was just like, well, yeah, he'd been sleeping with his mom, one of his mom's friends. And apparently, that word went around, and it got back to his family, and it got got out to leak to the media and all that stuff like that. And uh, 
at that point he deleted all his social media <laughs> and just got off of that shit. So uh what was funny though is that like a lot of people didn't give him a backlash. People were giving him praise. They're like, oh you dog, you dog, you getting it. <laughs> Seeing with that older woman, I get it. I get it. So some people are like, you deserve all the pat on the back, bro. Can <laughs> he's a superstar NFL quarterback? He could go with anybody. Like the fact that it happened and it was somebody so close to his own mother though, like relationship wise, like one of her good friends. That makes it crazy. That makes it a little wild. Um Apparently there was speculation amongst them, uh, the friend group as to like who it was. So yeah, I know there's a lot of drama and shit happening. <laughs> Crazy shit. Um, let's see. Um, other crazy weird sexual shit. I don't know if you saw this clip. Hilarious clip. Uh, Channing Crowder, former linebacker in the NFL, is uh, he's a member of a podcast. Um, what's the name of it? Um. It's uh it's him and two others. Uh Crowder Podcast. Let's see. Uh I am no, hold on. Ba, 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 ba. It was a part, I guess, the I am athlete podcast. I don't know. <laughs> Fred Taylor was a part of it. Um Crazy. Hold on. Ryan Clark as well. Fred Taylor. Uh, I'm trying to think what their the name of their podcast is. It used to be I Am Athlete. I think it's Pivot. The Pivot now is what they're calling it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Kevin Hart can't believe former NFL star Channing Crowder goes to a nudist colony with his wife. Yeah, that was the, that was the name of the headline I just found right here. But like, that's pretty much what happened. There was a a clip that went viral on like a podcast that they had, um, on the Pivot Pod, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. Go watch this shit. You were, Kevin Hart just like questioned him. He's just like, so what do you do? He's just like, yeah, so me and my wife we go to like nudist, uh, um. What is it? Uh, orgy. Uh, we go to orgies. But uh, he's just like, well, wait a minute. Is you and your wife be going? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we going. But like, we don't. They're like, wait, so you fucking other people? Like, what's going on? You guys have an open relationship? They're like, uh, nah, not really. We just be going to watch and shit. And he's just like, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> he's like, I don't follow you, bro. <laughs> like, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? He's like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like, oh, shit. There was some funny ass uh, quotes on that shit, bro. Kevin Hart just kept, like, not dropping it. <laughs> You could tell the other co-host, Grant Clark, and like, uh, um, again, uh, I'm blanking on the, his name, Fred Taylor, Fred Taylor, running back, former running back of the Jaguars. <laughs> they were like, oh, this is all you, bro. <laughs> like, I'm not backing you up on this part. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, Jenny Crowder, he was a, he's a weird dude. I mean, he was one of the guys that said he used to, what is it? Throw up before every game and whatnot, or something, or did himself before every game. Something weird, or he like piss himself in the game every day. <laughs> That's what it was. He would piss himself on the field during the games and stuff. Um, yeah, interesting cat, <laughs> former linebacker, wild dude. Uh, apparently, he's into some weird, freaky, kinky shit. Him and his wife. So hey, do you? Do you? If that's what you like, do you? <laughs> it's just hilarious. Kevin was just like, well, excuse me, you're doing what? <laughs> You do what now? 
Oh man. All right, let's go rapid fire into some of this shit. Um all right, NFL news. Let's get right into it. We're talking about NFL football topics. Let's talk about actual shit. Affects the games. Um, we got new ownership group in uh, the city of Denver with the Broncos. Uh, they're trying to ride. They're trying to less ride. Um, Denver Broncos. Less ride. Um, it's been reported that former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice has now been added to the ownership group. So she'll be one of the minority owners of uh, the Denver Broncos. So congratulations to her. Uh, she's also joining uh, Formula One driver Lewis Hamilton. Lewis! Um, he's apparently going to be part of the ownership group as well. So um, that's uh, the ownership group led by Rob Walton of the Walton family. I believe a couple other descendants are also part of that, that package. He will be the richest owner in NFL um, by a large margin. I want to say his network is somewhere in the thirty billion range, something like that. Uh, I want to say James Tepper was previously number one, and his was like in the seven to eight billion dollar range. Bruh, that is crazy paper. That is crazy, crazy money. Um, but yeah, you should know that if you fucking one of the heirs from the Walton throne, like dude, you're printed money out there, man. Nefarious cast company to be doing that shit, but hey. They're doing it. They're doing it. What can I say? Um, so, yeah, that's the new ownership, part of the new ownership group with the Broncos. Let's see. Uh, we got big money signings that have been announced, uh, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, he inked a five-year extension reportedly worth $230.5 million with $160 million guarantees. Uh, his $46.1 million average annual salary is now second in the NFL behind Aaron Rodgers, who's making... $50.27 million per year for the next couple seasons. So uh, congratulations to Kyler Murray. Made the right decision in choosing football for baseball. Um, what's crazy is that like his new contract, what he's making for this season, is almost as much as the whole entire roster for the Oakland A's is for this year. Bruh. The entire roster is like only a couple million over. And uh, that's, that's saying something. So like... Yeah, maybe if he would have been drafted by another organization, who knows? Maybe he would have chose baseball. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that man is definitely going to be putting up some numbers. Um, if he stays healthy, he will uh, have a great shot to uh, put up some crazy, crazy good fantasy stats for you guys this year. So we'll see what happens. Um, had him on my team a couple years ago, and he was, uh, did well. It's fun to watch him. It's fun to watch a little guy run around. But uh, you're always concerned about one little injury, and then that could be it possibly. Uh, I, that's for like most most players, but being like a smaller quarterback and a guy who runs around, you little you're a little concerned about him. Last season, he didn't run around for as many touchdowns as well, too. So it's also uh, something to look out for. But um, yeah, I mean, he looks like he's gonna be the signal caller there in the desert for the foreseeable future. So so congratulations to Kylie, you made that money. Get it, get it. A um, couple different weapons made some. Big cash last month. Let's see here. We have DK Metcalf. He signed a reported three-year, $72 million extension with the Seahawks. 30 of it guaranteed. That is the highest ever guarantee for a wide receiver. Congratulations there, DCAF. Way to get your bag. Uh, Debo Samuel, also in that same division. He signed a three-year extension reportedly worth up to $73.5 million with $58.1 million guarantee, which is now, I believe, the highest... <laughs> ever uh guarantee so i just go ahead and up that once more 
Uh, Deontay Johnson of the Steelers, he signed a deal two-year, $36.7 million with 27 of that guaranteed. Um, so, yeah, a couple wide receivers uh, helping move that market upwards. Uh, it's been a lot of movement with uh, wideouts this offseason. I think Cooper Cup, he got an extension. Devontae Adams got that huge deal for the Raiders. Tyreek Hill, he got that huge deal from uh, Miami when he moved on from uh, after he got traded from uh, Kansas City. Uh, A.J. Brown got a big deal with the uh, the Eagles. Um, as you mentioned, Debo and DK. So, like, all these top 10 wide receivers are getting new, new contracts, which in the past hasn't necessarily been something that uh, – Teams have pushed for, so they're doing a better job of getting those that money sooner rather than later um, and letting them reach free agency. Because it always seemed like in the past that there was maybe like one or two Pro Bowl-level wide receivers who might have changed teams every offseason. But nowadays it seems like they do change it, but it's only because they're getting traded because they're leveraging their position on the market. So it's an interesting uh, turn of events, and we'll see uh, how that affects uh, how teams maneuver with the salary cap moving forward. Um, I move on to a couple other different positions. Um, another big, big signing. Uh, uh, Justin Tucker, the kicker for the Ravens, he signed a four-year extension reportedly worth a record of six million dollars per season to kick a football. So congratulations are in order. Um, he's making seventeen point five million guaranteed off of those that deal, and uh, very well deserved. The man has the record for the longest field goal in NFL history. He made last season uh, against uh, the Lions. And the dude is just money. Um, his hit rate, I think he, did, he didn't miss a 50-plus yarder last season. He missed maybe two between the 40s and didn't miss any under 40. So it's like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, he's like hit rates like in the 90-something percentile. So it's like, dude's a beast. And he's got a legit chance to maybe be the first, uh, first ballot Hall of Fame kicker. Um, George Blanda made it, but he was a you know dual player. Played quarterback as well. Ray Guy made it as a punter. Um, not sure who else is in there for the kickers. Uh, let's check it out. Let's do some. Let's do some research. How many kickers are in the Hall of Fame? Let's see. How many kickers are in the Hall of Fame? Boom. Eighteen have been inducted. There are three place kickers. George Blanda. Hold on, hold on. As a kicker, how many? Here we go. Oh, Morton Anderson. He made the Hall of Fame. Only four kickers have ever entered the Hall, and two of them played just the kicker position. All right, so Morton Anderson did it. Uh, Jan Stenerud, older kicker, who's a member of the Hall. He was originally drafted to play with the Chiefs, and they merged, played with the Chiefs and the Packers, and then George Blanda, who was a quarterback also, and then Lou Groza. Um, he played tackle, center, defensive line as well. So he played 21 years in the league. Damn, four-time champion, so Lou Groza. But yeah, Justin Tucker, he's, he's going to make that shit. Um, damn. They're saying that maybe Sebastian Janikowski might make it in the future. That would be crazy. Be able to say I got to see Hall of Fame kicker in my career. 
of uh, my, career. my career. My career. What the fuck am I talking about? During his career. <laughs> um, Jano. That dude was a legend. That dude was a beast. <laughs> that dude changed the way that they coached the game. They're like, we just got to get to the 40, and then he's going to kick a 55-yarder, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll get three points. <laughs> the Raiders were so terrible back then. They were not looking for seven. Most drives, <laughs> they were looking for three. Get to the 30, we got guaranteed points, man. Um, all right. All right. More offseason signings. Um, all right, so we got some teams making some moves. We got the Bucks. They signed Julio Jones, formerly of the uh, Atlanta Falcons, last year playing a disappointing season with the Tennessee Titans. He goes even further south and moves on over to Tampa Bay to join up with uh, Tampa Tom and that whole crew. So they got themselves some crazy good receivers. Russell Gage, they also signed in this offseason. Um, Chris Godwin's still recovering from that ACL injury, but when he comes back, he should be um, – he has been a pretty damn good receiver. We'll see. We'll see what he does, see if he could do that as well. They obviously still have Mike Evans in there as a the number one. So uh, still got some options even with the retirement of Gronkowski, so, um, which is also another thing to watch. I mean, maybe he comes back in the middle of the season towards the end. Who knows? Who knows? Retired currently. We'll see if that sticks. Uh, let's see. Anthony Barr, linebacker, formerly of Minnesota. He signs with the Cowboys on a one-year deal. Um, yeah, they get a boost. Their linebacking core, he should be in the rotation a little bit. I'll see if he starts or not. Um, I think he's probably going to be primarily a backup, but we'll see. We'll see. A couple of trades happening. Uh, Patriots trade wide receiver Nikhil Harry to the Bears for a seventh rounder in 2024. Um, there's a couple trade requests that are going on right now. Kareem Hunt, he has requested a trade from the Browns. Uh, apparently there was issues with, I guess, his contract and whatnot, and now he uh, wanted to renegotiate the team that said, nah, we're good, and he's just like, all right, then, fucking trade me then. So, logically, people were saying, like, okay, maybe is it because Nick Chubb's there and he's ahead of him on the depth chart, but apparently that's not the issue. He says he doesn't have a problem with Chubb. Chubb said he didn't have a problem with him either, um, and that he was his best friend on the team, so... Apparently, they're pretty cool, but it uh, looks like Hunt wants another team to play for. Maybe he doesn't want to play uh, next to Deshaun Watson and all that craziness going on, which, nah, it's probably not it, considering that Hunt went through his own legal issues and troubles in the past, too. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All right, we got another trade request. Uh, linebacker Roquan Smith, he has requested a trade from the Chicago Bears. He says the team is, quote, trying to take advantage of me. Uh, he is uh, currently represented by himself. And he's been trying to negotiate a uh, an extension. Um, Pro Bowl player, put up numbers, was drafted in the top 10 uh, a few years ago, I believe, in 2018. So, I mean, the man deserves to get paid, but it's a question as to whether the Bears want to do that or not. So uh, he's requested a trade from the team. We'll see if they grant him that request and eventually move on from him. Let's see here. Um, fortunate news for a few fellow um uh, players in the league, a couple guys that are going to miss this next season. Um, this one's an interesting case. The Texans uh, rookie wide receiver, John Mechie, looks like he got diagnosed with uh, leukemia, and he unfortunately will be missing this next season. He'll be undergoing treatment, and it's unlikely that he plays this year. Um, so best of luck, speedy recovery. We wish you all the best there, uh, Mr. Mechie. Um, so, yeah. I think he was like a second or third round pick for the team. So he was projected to get some playing time, get some opportunities to play. 
and um yeah um that's crazy um obviously great that they were able to discover it as early as they did but uh you know that does definitely suck that your rookie year has to be postponed that uh quite a bit so yeah speedy recovery hope you're all well um fuck cancer fuck cancer let's see couple injuries here Wide receiver for the Broncos, Tim Patrick. He expects to miss the season with a reported torn ACL. Happened a few weeks ago in uh, training camp. Uh, so Russell Wilson is going to be down one of his wide receivers. Uh, kind of a big play threat guy. Somebody that uh, definitely excited to go play with the new quarterback there in uh, in Denver. So Tim Patrick, he'll miss this uh, this season. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Zach Wilson, he's going to miss two to four weeks with the meniscus tear and a bone bruise. He had a non-contact injury running around in the preseason a couple days ago. So um looks like that was uh, good news because it was feared that he was probably, it was gonna, maybe going to be an ACL or something even, you know, more serious than that. So, yeah, that's uh, good news for him. Um, some news, uh, another player who's going to be missing time uh, that was scheduled, pre-planned. Looks like Tom Brady, he's going to be gone from the team. I uh, stepped away from the team four days ago on the 11th, and it looks like he's going to be gone till the 20th. So he'll be gone for another five days. So it was apparently already agreed upon that he would miss this stretch of time. The team is going to play two preseason games during that period. I think he played just last week. And they'll have another joint practice, I want to say, with the Tennessee Titans. And they'll play some uh, a preseason game in Tennessee, I want to say, this weekend. And then he'll come back and rejoin the team. So what was he doing? Is he doing media obligations? Was he, was he like doing photo shoots for his uh, his advertisements? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But um, so, yeah, he's done. He's all done with that shit uh, or should be done in a few days. He should be back on the team. So there wasn't anything injury related or anything like that or any personal drama. It was just, uh, I guess, they pre-selected time that they were going to not be together. So, yeah. Um, had a couple of retirements that are happening in the NFL. Uh, we have the former running back for the Seattle Seahawks, Chris Carson. He has announced his retirement. He was a very potent Tennessee football option when he was ever healthy. Um, he is retiring due to a neck injury. Um, so we wish him the best. Um, very unfortunate circumstances. You never want to see a guy that young kind of hang it up that early um, due to, to injury. But, uh, you know, to each their own. And we wish him the best moving forward into uh, whatever career he pursues uh, moving on. Damn, I traded for him last year in fantasy football. And yeah, things happen, man. Things happen. I hope he's all right and hope he's uh lives a long healthy life. NFL's no joke, man. Uh, somebody who had a long NFL career, offensive lineman um uh, Richie Incognito, he has announced his retirement uh last playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, missed all of last season, had a uh, litany injuries and eventually decided to hang it up. So um yeah, that man is wild individual as well. You can deep dive into what's going on with him um but and regardless it's going to leave the raiders with a, a big hole this year um and the offensive line they've had um brandon parker also go down due to injury he's going to be the he was projected to be the right tackle and now he's going to be gone for the year so the raiders offensive line is looking a little thin so far right now hopefully they can bolster that or they can step it up and just uh, get the job done moving forward but hey who's fuck who the fuck knows what's going to happen um Naming rights deals uh, for Paul Brown Stadium has been uh, announced. The Bengal Stadium is now going to be called Paycor Stadium. The name hadn't changed since the stadium opened in the year 2000. They 
in Cincinnati, they were one of three teams that had stadiums that did not have a sponsor on them. Uh, the names, with I should say. So Soldier Field in Chicago and Lambeau Field in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, were the only two other stadiums that did not have corporate sponsorship attached to them. So, uh, so yeah, Paul Brown Stadium no longer. It's going to be Paycor Stadium moving forward. Bengals just trying to tap into that revenue stream. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But, um, yeah, man, get that money. Get that money. Um, apparently, Paycor is like a, uh, an investment firm that uses AI research <laughs> or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. Um, I think that's what it was. No, what the fuck was Paycor? No. Watching Pat McAfee, you got me confused. Was it was that Paycor or was that? No, that was the the new Mile High Stadium nickname. Whatever, whatever the fuck. You you, you know you know where you're playing. You're playing in fucking Cincinnati. Um, let's see here. All right, ownership group. They're trying to get that money. Um, speaking of owners though. Doing a little too much. Let's talk about Stephen Ross, uh, owner of the Miami Dolphins. He got suspended through October 17th and fined $1.5 million um, for uh, tampering with uh, Tom Brady. And he uh, he lost a first-round draft pick in 2023, a third-round draft pick in 2024. Um, oh, Sean Payton and, and Tom Brady, they were under contract with other teams, and they were trying to negotiate with them to join the Miami Dolphins. So... Uh, that came back, and that was, uh, um, I guess, established as being factual. So um, the other thing, the other part of that whole investigation was the allegations that uh, Brian Flores had that the team was tanking on purpose. They weren't apparently not able to back that those claims up, but, like, who knows? Who knows if that's – I think that, that might have been true. That might have been true. Now, who's to say if the owner was saying it a tongue-in-cheek? Or if he was like halfway serious with it, so it seems like that might have been kind of the thing. Like, hey, you know what we want? I can't tell you, do it, but you know that I want you to do it. You know what I mean? It's like it was kind of like inferred kind of thing. So seems like that is very likely could have happened there for for uh, for the Dolphins, Brian Flores, formerly of the Dolphins, I should say. All right, here's a crazy story that I saw today. Um, former. Cornerback uh, in the league, Akib Talib. Looks like his younger brother, Yakub, is now wanted as a suspect in a fatal shooting at a Texas youth football game. Apparently, he had shot and killed uh, a coach, a youth coach by the name of Michael Hickman. Uh, did not read necessarily what was the incident that like preceded this to cause him to pull out the gun and shoot the man, but now the man is accused of. Killing the coach, man. That is fucking tragic. Uh, just another example of why we need to, like, chill out and put in pressure and getting so crazy uh, for these, like, youth sport athletes. Um, especially at that level. It was, like, Pop Warner, Pee Wee football, like, middle school. Middle, middle schoolers, you're, getting, you're shooting people over middle schoolers playing football. Like, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? Like, come on. You got to let the kids have a chance to succeed and a chance to fail, and you got to let them, you know. Let them live, man. Don't don't put that extra pressure on them, and don't don't uh, be going crazy, man. That's fucking wild, bro. Wild shit. Um, not sure if they've got him in custody yet, but that's the latest. Latest that I've read. Um, let's see. Keep it moving. Yeah, off 
<laughs> There's some off-season drama going on in the NFL, um, as always. Uh, former NFL players, uh, a couple running backs getting into trouble with the law. Um, Marshawn Lynch, he got booked on suspicion of DUI on um, August 9th, which was six days ago. Footage and pictures got released uh, of the wreckage of his car, and he was uh, he was found asleep at the wheel, non-responsive, and he had damage on his vehicle, extreme damage. If you saw the footage, you'd be like, holy fucking shit. He drove the rubber off of his uh, tires completely, and it looked like the um, where the lug nuts were sitting on the rim, that part had been detached from the rest of the uh, the rim, <laughs> like um, that like, like sits in the wheel well, like that whole metal fabricated part had been completely eliminated, and he was like just there sitting with the caliper exposed and everything. You're like, holy fuck, bro! His back tire had like maybe this much rubber on it. Yo, you gotta drive for a, a while before you that happens. And, he looked fucked up when they the cops went and was asking him. They asked him, "Do you know who you are?" And he was just like, "No." Do you know where you are? Do you know what you're doing? And he was just like unresponsive and not saying shit. They like take him, they tackle him, put him to the ground, and uh, eventually um, cuff him and take him in. The mugshot does not look kind either, man. He's got like one eye open, like uh, all fucked up, looking all all drunk and shit. Oh, it's not a good look. Not a good look there, Marshawn. Uh, just take an Uber, bro. Like, hope you get help. Um, it's happened in Vegas, so like, I mean, big surprise. Um, yeah, it looks like he's been living it up out in Vegas out there since the Raiders moved. So, oh man, Marshawn, hate to see you. Hate to see you do it, bro. Hate to see you do it. Um, we shouldn't known he was gonna get trouble behind the wheel after whipping around that golf cart at Cal, but uh, back in the day, but. Uh, God damn it. God damn it. See, like, this is, I guess this was a, <laughs> we should have known. We should have known. He's, uh, he was rolling around like this. Look at this. Looking reckless. This was before the alcohol came into the picture. We should have known. He shouldn't be driving. Shouldn't be rolling around, man. Should have saw it coming. Should have saw it coming. Look at this. Almost going to take out a reporter. Now, he did not get up and start dancing like this here when he got pulled over by the cops last time. So, yeah. <laughs> but fucking hey, man. Come on, Marshawn. We're looking for you. We're, looking, we're rooting for you, bro. Um, another former running back, ex-Niner great, Frank Gore. He was recently accused of dragging a naked woman down a hallway by her hair in Atlantic City. That occurred last month on July the 31st. And, uh, Looked like the case had just been reported uh, a few days ago. So, uh, yeah, man, that sounds pretty wild. I'm not sure exactly what the fuck happened there. Um, I think there was, like, a discrepancy over whether she wanted to press charges or not, but, like, I think the local reporting mechanism made it so, like, they had to report it to the police that the incident, because, like, I think the police had got called to the, to the hotel. Um, but, yeah, man, what the fuck's going on, man? Hopefully not that CT setting in. I know Frank getting into boxing now. He got into celebrity boxing and stuff. So we'll 
We'll see. We'll see what happens there. I think he lost to Darren Williams, but uh, he knocked somebody else out in like a in a match recently. So don't be knocking women out too, bro. Got to use them hands correctly, man. Use them. Use them where you're allowed to, man. Crazy. Crazy, man. Um, speaking of having uh, con- misconduct, I guess with women. Um, the biggest name to be embroiled in controversy regarding that has been Deshaun Watson, um, who's gotten a litany of charges against him. We've talked about this on multiple podcasts, but uh, there's a news recently, big, big news. Uh, Number one, it was reported that he had settled uh, with 30 of the women um, with the claims uh, against the Texans, or 30 women, excuse me, settled Watson-related claims against Texans. So it was between them and the, the, the team specifically. Um, it came out then later, about a week later, that uh, they finally had the ruling in terms of the number of suspension, the games he would be suspended for uh, during the year. Um, there was some politicking going back and forth, and it was released that he would be suspended for six games. Uh, reportedly, the NFL was not happy about it, and they wanted a one-year ban, and so they had now appealed the ruling. Um, it was judgment was made by a. Um, someone outside of, I guess, the uh, the league office. And they ruled only six games just because they had only taken a focus on four particular counts, four cases, even though there's now 26-plus other cases that are going on in regards to Deshaun and uh, him whipping his dick out from these massage therapists repeatedly. Um, what's crazy, too, is he had all these allegations, and they only occurred within, like, a one-year time span. It occurred from what was it, like, March 2020 to March 2021. Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, bro, pandemic fucked up a lot of different people in different ways. I guess it fucked up Deshaun that way, man. I don't know. I don't know. Not No excuses, man. Fucking terrible, terrible, terrible conduct. Can't be doing that shit, bro. Can't be doing that shit. Um, I know it was reported that, like, he can now only get massages that are approved through uh, massage therapists that work with the team directly and you can't get it anywhere else. So, hey, man. Uh, bad timing as well. I know it was announced that the National Massage Therapist Convention is actually taking place in Cleveland, Ohio, too, later. Um, I want to say it was maybe this weekend, maybe next weekend. It's coming up sometime this month. It's just like, God damn, that's horrible, horrible timing there with... Uh, Deshaun and his controversies coming to the Browns. But they did make the decision to host it in Cleveland like three or four years ago. So it's like, hey, can we really blame this group? They had no idea. Crazy because the convention center is like right next to the uh, um, the football stadium over there in Cleveland. So next to the dog pound. So it's like, ee. there's so many memes I've seen online. of just like Watson being like, ooh, he didn't say nothing about conventions though. What's up? What's up? What's up? Shoot my shot. Nasty. Nasty. Don't do it, Deshaun. Don't fucking do it, bro. Don't do it, bro. Don't do it, man. So, yeah. We'll see if he ends up getting suspended for a full year. I think that's what the NFL is looking for. Um, They're going to have another independent um, judge, I guess, make the ruling on this. So, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, Not the best juju for an organization at all. No, not at all. Especially after you give the man over $200 million guaranteed money. So $230 million. Yeesh, 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 yeesh. Wild shit. Wild allegations. Um, 
All right, we got more allegations. This one, and let's go over to the the hardwood. Let's go over to the NBA. Miles um, Bridges of the Hornets, uh, formerly of the Hornets, he's facing three domestic violence charges. He's accused of assaulting his girlfriend in front of their two kids. Uh, horrible timing, considering the fact that this news released right before uh, free agency happened for him. So, um, yeah, man, there was some. Uh, I think we had mentioned it prior on another podcast too. The last time we talked about, last time I was tapping in with you guys one on one. Um, wild shit, wild shit, man. Uh, yeah, he's currently a free agent, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna have to go through fix his legal problems before the team's gonna touch him and uh, consider signing him again. But uh, we'll see. Uh, let's see what else happened in the world of basketball. Um. A couple weeks ago, LeBron got to play in the Drew League. He balled out, got a lot of cameras on him, had a whole bunch of craziness going on in social media. A couple guys trying to take him on one-on-one and stuff. But uh, he was playing there with, uh, alongside DeMar DeRozan on his, um, on his Drew League team. So um, that made uh, for a lot of uh, um, noteworthy posts on social media and that, uh, during that time frame. But uh, I think this is like the second or third time he's played in the Drew League. First time he's played since like 2011, so it had been a while, been like 11 years. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. So, so yeah, he went out there, graced the court with his presence. So that was that was pretty dope to see. That was cool to see. All right, got some off season news. Let's see here. Um, we had some controversy regarding what was going on with DeAndre Ayton with the Phoenix Suns. He ended up signing a NBA record four year, 133 million dollar offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers on July the 14th. That gave the Suns 48 hours to match, uh, which they did. So it looks like he's going back to Phoenix on that same deal. Uh, four years, $130 million, which just makes it seem like this is so crazy. Like, why the hell did the Suns have to, like, drag him through the whole process if in the end they were going to give him that money? It's like, couldn't they have just avoided this whole ordeal and just, you know, made sure their big man was uh, was feeling all right, you know, and, like, doing okay? but. Yeah, they they went the tough road in the negotiating, and let's see let's see how uh, how responds to it. Let's see here. Uh, it got reported that the 76ers are going to re-sign James Harden to a two-year, sixty-eight point six million dollar deal, which had thirty-five point six million dollar player option for twenty-three twenty-four, which uh, seems like a lot of money, but is a, a considerable amount less than the maximum that he could have made in the. Um, if he wanted to resign, which left some money available for the 76ers to make some moves this offseason. In particular, they've got P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Uh, they added them to the team. Um, but it seemed a little fishy, I guess, to the NBA, so they now opened an investigation into tampering claims uh, between those two, three parties. Between Harden, Tucker, House, and the team. I guess there's four parties there. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see if they get punished. Um, there's been some other punishments that have happened uh, recently. Um, so it's not completely unprecedented for them to, to get a slap on the wrist or whatnot. Let's see if uh, they get fined or maybe have a second-round draft pick taken away from them or something. Who knows? Who knows? Let's see. Uh, there's another tampering case that got um, announced, with the this time with the Knicks, involving Jalen Brunson and the negotiation that he had. He had his uh, his dad working for the team, his former agent working for the team, and it seemed like it was just like already like a match made 
I don't know, Evan in in Brooklyn, not in Brooklyn, in uh, in Manhattan. The match made in Manhattan. There you go. All right. He uh <laughs> he signed over there, and Mark Cuban even made it a comment there was just like, dude, it seemed like we didn't even have a chance to negotiate. Like he was just already gone and made his way over there. So uh so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um Knicks fans probably don't give a shit. They're like, we got a guy. I don't give who gives a fuck. Who gives a fuck? Let's see here. Um, more news. Uh, Jermichael Green. He finalizing. He's finally finalizing a buyout with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who he got traded to earlier this off season. It looks like he's gonna plan to sign with the Warriors. So damn, that's gonna be a big body wing. Um, that's gonna be uh, um, another guy that they can throw out there. So the Warriors keep adding depth there. Crazy. Um, former Warrior Kent Bazemore. He's agreed to sign a one year deal with the Sacramento Kings. So he goes back to Sacramento. Uh, we'll see what he could do in that rotation. At this point in his career, he's kind of a little shaky up and down, not as dynamic um, uh, athletically as he was younger, but hopefully he can still play some defense and knock down some shots, some open jump shots for Sacramento. Let's see here. Um, controversy still going on with the Brooklyn Nets. Ongoing saga with Kevin Durant. He's still asking for the trade. Uh, it was announced that Sean Marks got signed to an extension uh, during this whole craziness. A few weeks ago, it got announced that he got, uh, he'll be extended moving forward. The next day, it came out that Durant uh, had told the team that it's either uh, I go, either you trade me, or you get rid of Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Now, it looks like Joe Sy, the owner of the team, has backed his general manager and his head coach. So does that mean they're going to try to trade him? Looks like they're pursuing those options, but it doesn't look like they're going anywhere. Doesn't look like they've uh, progressed on any team. And so right now it's just the whole crazy rumor mill. Um, it got released that they were asking the Boston Celtics to not only include Jalen Brown, but Jason Tatum as well in any trade packages for Kevin Durant. And it's just like, that's a non-starter for, for Boston. Um couple other teams still in the mix apparently to try to get him we'll see what the fuck that entails um yeah crazy considering they don't know what's gonna happen i saw that uh saw a rumor that ben simmons like they it, it just seems like he's a lost cause completely um apparently he was in a group chat and they had asked him if he was gonna play in that game four last uh last spring in the first round and he just didn't even answer anybody and just left the group chat completely so it's like if I'm Katie, you're like, what the fuck? I can't have any confidence in this guy. This guy has no no backbone, and little back support, I guess, because he keeps getting injured all the time. But uh, yeah, no spine, figuratively, literally, any in any event. Um, crazy. We got a new rule change in the NBA. Looks like they're gonna have a a new penalty for the the take foul that happens in transition. This is some NBA nerd shit where people would care about this. Um, so the take fouls anytime you have a turnover or like a missed shot and the team's ready, you gotta go out and transition and push the ball. Instead of letting them get past you or running back on defense, you just grab the player, take the foul to stop the play. So they have to take the ball out of bounds um, so that stops the fast break. So you can't do that no more. So there's gonna be, you're gonna get one free throw and you're gonna get the ball back. Um, but apparently this does not apply to the last two minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime. So teams can foul to extend the game, so they can still do that. Won't get penalized. Like if a team gets a rebound and they're down 
and they don't want to stop the clock, they can still foul somebody. But uh, I think this is a good rule change. I think this should allow for the game to be more open, get a little more fast break. Uh, NBA is definitely going to keep trying to up the score and up the ante because, you know, like get more fans in the seats, get more action going. So, um, yeah, hopefully this this opens things up, gets a little bit more free-flowing because there's, there's like a maybe four or five times a game where you'll see a take fall like that and you're just like, I understand why they're doing that, but it just that's just no fun, man. <laughs> I like to see guys get up and down the court and run, so that'd be fun. We'll see how it affects this season. Um, there's been a couple different rule tweaks in the last couple of years that have kind of helped the game out. So uh, this last year got a lot more physical, a lot less bailout calls for like the the arm sweep through and like those kind of those kind of motions. So yeah, man, NBA changes. That's hopefully for the better. Um, one thing that's not the NBA is not for the better is uh, unfortunately they have uh, another another sad loss. Um, heroic figure in the game, the legend. A lot of people will call the goat, the all-time winningest champion in NBA history. Bill Russell passed away at the age of 88 on July the 31st. This man won two state titles in high school. He won two NCAA titles at the University of San Francisco. He won an Olympic gold medal and a record 11 NBA titles. 11 with the Celtics. Um, he had two as the first African-American head coach. So he was a player coach at the end of his career. Uh, he had five MVPs. He was a finals MVP award. Uh, eventually was named after him, Bill Russell Award. And he earned the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2010 for his act, uh, efforts in activism in uh, the 60s. In particular, he was uh, very vocal about his support with Muhammad Ali. He was a part of the Cleveland Convention, I believe. Cleveland Summit is what they called it. It was like him, Jim Brown, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There was a handful of others, athletes and activists. Uh, who were there in support with Muhammad Ali when uh, he had been uh, banned from boxing in the 60s. So um, he also was one of the pallbearers for Jackie Robinson at his funeral. So he was very close with him. And he was kind of that like next link over to the next generation. Um, definitely had himself a uh, um, tough life living in Boston, being a prominent back black athlete at that era. One that was you know, that successful and in the mix, living in a city that was just not, you know, not as kind to his people at that time. It was definitely difficult. He had people throw bricks through his window, people who had um, graffitied racial slurs and stuff on his property. So when he retired, he retreated from the city of Boston and was living on the West Coast. He was living else elsewhere. I believe he lived... In the Washington region near Seattle at the time of his uh, passing, I know he had, a, he had a program that ESPN did where Bill Simmons went over to his house and uh, was able to interview him for, for a period of time, which, uh, which, was, which was nice to watch. He, he didn't have too many like one-on-one interview sit-downs later in his life, but um, he was a staple at the NBA Finals for a number of years, for I want to say the last two decades or so. Of course, the award was named after him, so he would present the award to the MVP 
um, last few years. I will say it did look like he was uh, slowing down quite a bit the last time they showed him in um, the last NBA Finals this last year, which um, fortunately uh, would be his last that he attended. Um, yeah, legend in the game. Um, what he did off the court might top what the crazy accomplishments he did on the court. I mean, his his rivalry with Will Chamberlain to this day will be discussed till like well, forever. I mean, two titans of sports and two di- completely different focuses and mindsets in terms of how they they handled the day to day business of uh, being a superstar athlete back then in the '60s and '70s. So, um, man, undefeated in Game Sevens. I think he was twenty-one and zero in like game game seven, something like he had some some crazy record in in uh, series ending games, game fives, game sevens, and whatnot. He's a uh, masterclass, man, legend. Uh, what he did on the defensive end, how he helped revolutionize the fast break, getting rebounds and pushing the ball with Kuzi, uh, starting off his career and. Just the way he was very smart and able to relate to his teammates, and there's countless, countless stories of of uh, how legendary of an athlete he was playing for the Celtics, man. And it was crazy that we were able to have him for this long. He, I mean, 88, 88's a long, long time for a guy of his size. I mean, the guy was like what six nine, six ten, playing in Converse, traveling coach by bus, playing two, three games in a row. Day after day after day. I mean, he had to stick up for his uh, his team when they played in the South. And I know there was like a particular case where they were going to play in Kentucky. And the team wouldn't let the black player, or like a hotel wouldn't let the black player stay with the white players. So they, they boycotted that, that match. And um, so he was able to stick his nose out once again. I mean, there's a lot of other stories that I'm missing here. But like that man's legendary and that man deserves all the... Uh, all the love and all the praise. Um, he's the goat. He's the goat for sure in my book. I mean, eleven rings is insane, un- unmatched. League's different now than it was back then. There's more teams, more parity. It's harder to win a championship consistently over and over again now than it was back then. But like that man, he deserves deserves the credit for for laying the groundwork for everybody moving forward after. So. And the man was gracious with uh, talking to the next generation and the newer generation of the young guys. Um, sad to see, but he had a soft spot for Kobe. And when he passed away, he was, that was very tragic for him. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're going over post moves in heaven right now, man. Fucking, that's It's got to be a sight to see, man. It's got to be a sight to see. RIP to the legend, Bill Russell. And it just got announced that uh, the NBA is actually going to retire his number across the whole league. So nobody's going to be wearing number six moving forward after the season. Uh, everybody who's currently wearing number six will be grandfathered in. So um, in the event that they retire, then there will be nobody rocking that number anymore. Um, to move similar to what MLB did, they retired the number 42 for Jackie Robinson across all of the uh, major leagues, I believe in the year 2000 or 99. So I think Mariano Rivera was the last player to rock 42. He wore that all the way to like 2010, I want to say. And then he finally retired. But uh, we'll see if LeBron changes his number because he's uh, right now is number six on the Lakers. 
He went back and forth between 6 and 23. I guess he's not going to have the option to switch around anymore. So we'll see if he sticks to number six for the rest of his career. Um, I think I thought it was a weird move that he he, he was already on the Lakers and then switched his number um, from 23 to six. I just would have stuck with 23. But, hey, teach their own. Teach their own, man. Um, so, yeah, he, his number is going to be retired across the league. They're going to have patches on every team's uniforms, and there will be um, there will be a, a logo on the court as well. That'll be there. So that'll be there for the whole season. So uh, so we'll see. We'll see how each team decides to do tributes there. I know Boston, they'll have a different patch for, for their uniform. So I'm sure they're planning to, to go pull out all the stops there for him. As they should. As they should. Um, that man elevated that franchise to another level. At, uh might only be topped by the Lakers. Like, that's it. Like, just them two. That's it. That's it. So... R.I.P. R.I.P. to the legend. Um, as we move over to baseball, we gotta we gotta transition, and there's a couple other unfortunate deaths that we gotta talk about. Um, this one got announced this weekend. Very sad. Uh, San Francisco Giants announced that the wife of Tim Lincecum, Kristen Coleman, has unfortunately passed away. I believe she she uh, succumbed to uh, to cancer related illness. So. My condolences to Linscom and to the Coleman family. Um, very, very sad situation. I think uh, Lin- Timmy was pretty quiet about his personal life uh, away from baseball. I don't think it was even really necessarily known that they were married 100%. Um, I think there was a, a report that was in uh, obituary that, that stated that they were married, and that's the reason it got out. But um, sad, sad news there. Um, my condolences. Well, as I mentioned, um, but as we move on, uh, we talked about one legend in basketball. We'll talk about another legend in the game of baseball. Um, the longtime broadcaster for the L.A. Dodgers, Vin Scully, passed away recently as well on uh, August the 2nd at the age of 94. Six years older than Bill Russell. That is insane. Um, yeah, the man was the voice of the Dodgers for like... 60 years, something like that. He had like the longest streak of ever. It was insane. He just retired like three or four years ago. So that man was a, was a trooper. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's been memorialized and talked about a lot here in Southern California. A lot of people have a lot of major memories of just him going, it's time for Dodger baseball and all that stuff. It was cool being able to look back and see some of his classic moments. Um, the man could tell a story for sure. That dude knew how to fill some dead air. He he seemed like he had a story of, for about every player in the major leagues. He did his homework. When I moved here to L.A., it was like a, a, a transition period to get used to kind of the way, the style of he, how he calls games. I was used to San Francisco, obviously, and being biased, anti-Dodgers and whatnot, but yeah, I grew to appreciate it, if anything. Um, Stillness. He was a little older, a little slower with the a little, little bit more dry with his delivery. But the man definitely did his research, did his had his homework, and was a legend in the game. So you, you got to give hats off to that. And uh, condolences again to the uh, to the Scully family and all his uh, um, descendants and whatnot. So um, the man put in work. That man actually was a Giants fan growing up, oddly enough, and then started working for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, it was the New York Giants. Worked for the Brooklyn Dodgers, moved all the way to L.A. with the team, and then uh, just established himself out here in L.A. and 
was a a voice of that franchise forever. It seemed like so. Um, yeah, team finally won a World Series. I think a year or two after he retired, but uh, yeah, man, Dodgers look like they're here to stay to be contenders for a while with this uh, this ownership group that they currently have. So, but uh, but all right, Pete Scully, and uh, you've you dearly missed. As somebody who's a former broadcaster myself, got a soft spot in my heart for you. Guys like him. Uh, yeah, a lot of MLB craziness going on. We had the All-Star game here in Dodger Stadium. Speaking of the Dodgers, um, had a very entertaining home run derby. Uh, we got a lot of craziness. Juan Soto, at that time of the Washington Nationals, ended up winning the derby. He won that million-dollar check. There was some some other news and noteworthy stuff. Um, the American League won, won again. They've been dominating the All-Star game recently. Uh, let's see what else happened. Um, there's an, Oh, yeah. A's Paul Blackburn pitcher. Yeah, they were playing the Astros right before the All-Star break. Um, he was going to fly commercial, and it turns out that the Astros actually let him fly on their team plane to go there. Um Damn A's, you fucking cheapskapes. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh yeah. Let's see here. Um let's see. The Yankees acquire Andrew Penitendi from the Royals. All right, we just got a lot of a lot of uh transaction news because the uh, trade deadline came and went and a lot of a lot of a lot of trades. Uh Blue Jays trade two time all star Whit Merrifield from Kansas City for the number sixteen proxies, uh Samad Taylor and right hander Max Casillo. But yeah. Uh, say so Blue Jays get some a bat, a couple bats there added to the AL East. Um, Reds trade Luis Castillo to the Mariners for four prospects. So Mariners are one of the surprising teams this season. Looks like they're trying to push for the playoffs. We'll see if they fall apart again. Looks like they collapse towards the end of the season. Let's see. Giants sign reliever Trevor Rosenthal to a one-year deal, reportedly for, worth four point five million dollars. He missed last season due to thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, a week later, they trade him to the Brewers for outfield Tristan Peters. So that was a weird transaction there, but um, yeah, I guess uh, he was supposed to play with the A's um, the year prior and just never, never ended up playing. So uh, we'll see when he comes back. What he does? Uh, let's see. More moves from the Giants. They uh, trade away Darren Ruff. They trade him to the Mets uh, for corner infield J- J.D. Davis, left-hander Thomas. Uh, Zapuki and pitcher prospects Nick Swack and Carson Seymour. Um, so yeah, Darren Ruff. Um, uh, thanks for your time there in the Bay. Uh, big power bat. Uh, always enjoyed watching watching him play. Dude had a lot of pop there. And uh, we'll see what he does there going east over to play with the Mets. Mets Mets are having a great season this year too. Well, them and the Yankees are going wild there out there in the East. Let's see here. Also, speaking of the East, uh, the Phillies, they get David Robinson from the Cubs for right-handed pitching prospect Ben Brown. Angels trade Noah Syndergaard to the Phillies for Mickey Maniac and outfield prospect Jadiel Sanchez. Um, and then big, big moves from the Padres. They got big, big moves. Uh, first off, they they signed an extension to their one of their top pitchers, Joe Musgrove. Um, five years, $100 million extension. So congratulations. Hometown kid gets to stay with the Pods. But the big, big, big blockbuster of the trade deadline. Juan Soto and Josh Bell get traded from the Nationals in an eight-player deal. Nationals get left-hander Mackenzie Gore, shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielders Robert Hassel III, and James Wood, right-hander Jarlin Susana, 
and first baseman Luke Voigt. So, uh, bro, that's a lot of that's a lot of players for for Soto, man. It's crazy. So yeah, it was announced that like the Nationals, they were gonna they they put them up on the 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 trade market because uh, they weren't anywhere close to getting an extension signed. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Um, where's the yeah? Apparently, they had a uh, four hundred forty million dollar contract offer that was rejected. It was a fifteen year, fifteen year deal, so you understand spread out. But like at that point, that would have been the biggest in MLB, MLB history. Uh, Mike Trout has a twelve year, four hundred twenty six million dollar deal that he signed in twenty nineteen that he's still playing on. So. The Nationals were like, bro, like, we want to give you this money, but if you're going to ask for, like, more than that, then, like, we we don't have that, man. And there's a, and it's crazy, too, because there's a lot of controversy now, um, with what's going on with the Nationals ownership group. There's words that they might sell the team moving forward, so they didn't necessarily want to have this huge big-ticket item uh, that might impede the sale of the team. That was the thought, but, like, you don't get guys like Juan Soto turning up every single year necessarily I mean, this guy has been a phenom since he came up in the league and uh guy won a championship for the nationals a couple years ago he was batting cleanup at the age of like 19 20 something like that in the world series that hardly ever happens i think it was like him and miguel cabrera the only two to ever do that so crazy 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 shit um yeah uh, it also got reported that Eric Hosmer, he got dealt to the Red Sox uh, um, uh, along with Max Ferguson and Corey Rogier after he reportedly rejected the trade to the Nationals. So, like, that trade was on hold for a minute after it got announced. Left-hander Jake Room dealt to the Padres in return. Um, yeah, so he ended up leaving town anyway. So, yeah, good riddance, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Padres, they also got infielder Brandon Drury from the Reds for infield prospect Victor Acosta. So Padres making moves. They're trying to make a push, make the playoffs for the first time in a while. Um, unfortunately, they're not going to be able to have Fernando Tatis, their young superstar shortstop, man. He's going to miss the rest of the year and sometime next year. Not because he's got an injury. He was just started a rehab assignment recently. But because he just got suspended for a PED violation, uh, 80 games, he had apparently claimed that he took some medication for a ringworm that he didn't necessarily check the ingredients on. And there was like clenbesterol, clenbuterol. So there's some clenbesterol, I think is what it's called. Um, yeah, some testosterone enhancement agent. And he got popped for that. So, uh, yeah, man, he's... Uh, Suspended 80 games. He's going to miss the rest of the season in the beginning of the next year, too. So um, that was really disappointing. He had not played all year because he had uh, that accident that was like on a, what, ATV or something like that or dirt bike. I think it was a dirt bike accident. So, um, yeah, looks like he's still not playing until next year. So um, a lot of news about the Padres. Let's see how they respond. Um, I know Drury's gotten some home runs for them. Soto as well, so uh, they're uh, they're looking to looking to get it done. Let me see where they're at in the standings. Um, do 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 MLB MLB. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Standings. 
They are currently 16 games back of the Dodgers. <laughs> but they are in one of the wild card spots right now. Um, yeah, they're in the second wild card spot. They're um, a half game up on Philly, six games back of Atlanta. Dude, the Mets are killing, and Atlanta is behind them. But... So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, right now it's like it looks like the wild card is going to be competed between four teams. Atlanta, San Diego, Philly, and maybe Milwaukee. Giants are six games back of the last team. I don't it's going to take a mini miracle for them to make it at this point. But um go Giants, still rooting for you guys. You win like two weeks in a row. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what can happen? Knock a couple games off. Who knows? Make a run down the stretch. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um let's see what else? What else? What else? Um we have the Yankees. They traded Joey Gallo to the Dodgers for pitching prospect Clayton Beater. Um, it looked like Joey Gallo. He's had issues with the, the shaving policy over there in the Yankee Stadium. So it looks like he's doing all right now, again, for the Dodgers. Oh, well. Uh, let's see. Harrison Bader. Oh, did I even talk about um, Josh Hader from the Brewers? He got traded over to the Padres, too. So they got top pitching prospect. They got the top hitter, too. Crazy, crazy shit. Um, let's see here. Yeah, they traded Josh Hader to the Padres for a five-player blockbuster deal that included left-hander Taylor Rogers, right-hander uh, Danielson Lamet, outfielder Stuart Rodriguez, and left-hander prospect Robert Gasser. So yeah, I did not organize these notes as best as I thought. I had this all set up. I thought I had this all set up. I thought I had this all set up. <laughs> All right, boom, 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 straight for him. Uh, hundred, yeah, Joe Musgrove. Yep, got that, got that. All right. Uh, why did I ha hold on? Damn, my notes are all over the fucking place. This is great, great fucking uh. <laughs> This is great, great, great podcast in here. <laughs> All right, one more note. I got to move around, and then we're back to on track. All right. All right, let's go. Let's go. Where were we? Where were we talking about? Um, Padres, yeah, they made all those deals. Let's see. Joey Gallo traded. Uh, Harrison Bader goes to the Yankees from the Cardinals. Um, Yankees trade Jordan Montgomery to St. Louis in return, starting pitcher. Orioles trade all-star closer Jorge Lopez to the Twins for four prospects there. A's trade Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino to the Yankees in a six-player swap. They get left-hander Ken Waldichuk and J.P. Spears, right-hander Luis Medina, and second baseman Cooper Bowman. Four players there. I think they have two others to be named later. Uh, Red Sox sent Christian Vasquez, catcher to the Astros for two prospects. Infielder Emmanuel Valdez and outfielder Weiler Abreu. So that was crazy. They were playing the Astros. He had the Red Sox gear on, and the reporter literally uh, asked him, like, hey, it looks like you got traded to the Astros. How do you feel about it? Like, this is kind of crazy. This is kind of weird. Um, I just got to go to that other dugout. That was cool. That was that was wild. The Atlanta Braves, they get the Detroit Tigers, Robbie Grossman for minor league pitcher Chris Anglin. They reportedly land the Astros Odorizzi, Jake Odorizzi for left-hander reliever Will Smith. 
So yeah, some moves there for Atlanta. They're looking to defend their title from last year. Uh, Houston Astros get Trey Mancini from the Orioles uh, and pitcher Jaden Murray from Tampa Bay in a three-team trade. Orioles get pitcher Seth Johnson from Tampa Bay and Chase McDermott from Houston. Houston and the Rays get Jose Siri from the Astros. So yeah, hey Siri, how's Tampa? Um, let's see, Braves. They signed a deal with Austin Riley at third base. He's going to stay there for on a 10-year deal for $212 million. It is the largest deal in franchise history. Past the deal, I think that Matt Olson got. I think he got like $180, $190 million from the team this offseason. So, yeah, big, big money deal um, from the Atlanta. Uh, some teams going the other way. Um, Phillies, they released... D.D. Gregorius, slumping player, formerly of the Yankees. He is now a free agent. Um, speaking of free agency, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., he got released from the Red Sox as well. Uh, there at center field. Was not hitting very well this season. This looks like a lost year for the Red Sox again. Um, fortunately, they got other players who are missing time, including Chris Sale. He undergoes season-ending wrist surgery after a biking accident. Apparently, he fractured his wrist after falling off a bike riding downhill. Going for lunch after a throwing session that happened uh, about a week and a half ago. So that dude is just snake bitten. He's had uh, injury bug after injury bug after injury bug. So when he's right, he is nice. He's one of the better pitchers out there. But, like, this dude can't get on the mound, man. He can't get on the field. That's such a freak accident, man. He had another situation where he had, like, a, a setback in the minor league earlier this year that, he went off about so this man he's uh he's going through it man if you see chris sale out there i would say give him a hug but like give him space give him an air hug i guess just know that you you're there with him. <laughs> man that sucks bro that sucks uh, a couple other players have season ending injuries uh michael brantley outfielder for the astros he's gonna have shoulder surgery and he's gonna miss the rest of the year so they're gonna have to plug in a couple guys to fix that outfield hole for Houston, um, the Dodgers uh, starting pitcher Walker Bueller is going to have season-ending elbow surgery on August 23rd, so his year is going to be done. Dodgers still got a deep, deep staff, so I think they'll she'll be okay. But big, big player missing from them. Uh, let's see, uh, change. Uh, there's going to be a change on the bench for the Texas Rangers today. It was announced that they fired their manager Chris Woodward. Um, he had uh, stayed with the team for over four seasons. He had a 211 and 287 overall record, so wasn't able to get uh, above 500. I think the team was at 500 earlier this year and uh, unfortunately had a couple slumping months. So they spent a lot of money on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon this offseason, and they're kind of in the same spot. So they were like, all right, we got to change some shit. So Chris Woodward, no longer the manager there of the Rangers see what happens there all right here's the notes that i was moving around here uh, a couple news and notes uh noteworthy scores and outcomes uh let's see um blue jays beat the red sox by a score of 28 to 5 a few weeks back they had scored a record 25 runs by the fifth inning bro it was over early bro it's the only seventh time a team has scored 27 or more runs in a game ever and it was the second largest road win of all time they, they beat them at at Fenway Park. That's fucking crazy. 
Um, let's see. Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game broken up in the eighth inning versus the Angels last month on July 15th. Uh, just yesterday, pitcher uh, Drew Rasmussen for the race, he had a perfect game that went all the way into the ninth and got broken up. Um, uh, let's see. On a first pitch of the inning, I guess, of the ninth inning. Um, so he went eight and a third and closed it out. Let's see here. Um, it was reported that Miguel Cabrera might change his course of action. It said that the, he previously had insinuated that this was going to be his last season in the major leagues, but he says, uh, uh, I'm not right going to quit yet, so we'll see what happens. We'll see if he comes back and plays next season. I know he was uh, kind of the honorary all-star player this year, him and uh, Albert Pujols, um, one in each league. So we'll see if he comes back. I don't know. Some controversy over what was going on with Freddie Freeman and his uh, pre prior agent, uh, his previous agent Casey Close is suing radio host Doug Gottlieb over the allegations of what was going on in terms of their negotiation when he was a free agent. Talked about situation prior, but like uh, there's controversy over how he handled the negotiations with the Braves. Apparently, he kind of just like pushed him to sign with the Dodgers and it got revealed later when he came back to Atlanta that like the Braves wanted him back and that his agent was kind of being playing hardball and he felt kind of betrayed by his agent so there's a lot of emotions going on he ended up firing his agent too so um this guy Casey Close he's not taking it lying down man he's going over suing everybody over fucking up with his uh what was going on with his client so crazy crazy shit um, let's see here. Uh, MLB and MLBPA failed to reach a deal for the international draft that was supposed to be coming down the pipeline. They're not going to still use a qualifying offer system that remains in effect. So they're trying to make it so players uh, play internationally or get drafted in the same manner that players that play in the U.S. do. Who knows what that would have changed moving forward for like uh, youth systems and whatnot, but it would have. It would have had an effect for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, speaking of international baseball, there's going to be some international games next season coming back. St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago Cubs are going to be playing in London Stadium on June 24th and 25th in uh, next season, 2023. This is the first time since 2019 that the teams will be able to play over in London. Last time they played over there was the Yankees and Red Sox. And they played there in 2019. And the Yankees mashed the shit out of the ball. He scored something like, it was some crazy, like 30 or 40-something runs in two games. It was some some insane number. Um, oh, yeah, there's the WBC that's going to be happening this fall as well. And uh, we got some players that are already announcing their allegiances. Uh, former WBC MVP Marcus Stroman, very talented pitcher. It looks like he's not going to play for Team USA. He's going to play for Team Puerto Rico this next round of coming up. Yeah, it's crazy that he's like the MVP. Like, this is not unprecedented that a player who has like dual eligibility switches teams, but the fact that he was an MVP of Team USA, not just any player, but the MVP of the squad. <clears throat> Yeah, so he's playing with Team Puerto Rico now. So I guess best of luck to him. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Should I root for him? Should I not root for him? I don't know. Yeah, so his uh, his mom's Puerto Rican, so that's, if you're asking, wondering, like a guy named Strowman, how's he pitching for that team? But uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, Team USA, they'll still have a pretty loaded roster. It was announced that Bryce Harper's uh, committed to play for the team. He joins uh, Captain Mike Trout, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and Paul Goldschmidt, JT Realmuto. Those are a couple of the guys that have agreed to play for the team so far. So we'll see what pitchers end up joining them. Um, they're not going to have Strowman out there, so they need somebody else. But um, let's see what other baseball news. Uh, New York Police Department investigating uh, a drone that was seen above Yankee Stadium on July the 16th. That's no, no, don't be doing that shit. Um, I don't know if anybody released that footage. If it's out there, the NYPD is probably on your ass. So be on the, the low, low. Um, let's see. There was a rare Onus Wagner T206 car that sold for a record $7.25 million. Bruh, that is like the, the holy grail of all the cards. Because um, it was like a rare print, a rare issue. And it's like one of the oldest cards known to man. So you don't know about that Onus Wagner card, that T206, bro. Don't know about shit. <laughs> $7.25 million. That's crazy for one baseball card. One baseball card. One little card. Wild. Wild. Wild shit. Wild shit. Wild shit. All right. All right. All right. Do we breeze through these? A little over two hours here. Yeah, we'll breeze through this. See if we can get this done in 20 minutes. We'll go over soccer news, fight news, and then we're out of here. And then we're out of here. All right. Deal. Fucking deal. Um. Big, big news. A lot of big transfers going on in the world of football. Um, Robert Lewandowski finally got the deal to Barcelona. He finally got that transfer from Bayern Munich. Or reportedly was accepted for around $40 million. There were some issues with Barcelona being able to prove uh, that they're in good financial standings because there was that whole financial fair play and the La Liga has their own rules and stuff too. So... Even though he announced this a while back, it took him until like last week to barely register him and had like a couple other players. Um, Kessie, Christensen, I think Rafinha. Those three other players, they, they had to like register like at the last second of the deadline. So uh, there was a chance that they could have their contracts null and void, but I think they got it done. I don't know what kind of crazy trickery they're doing with the books over there in Barcelona, but they figured it out somehow. I don't know. Let's see here. Other moves. Diego Jota extended his uh, deal with Liverpool on a long-term deal. Didn't announce how long, but he's going to be there for a minute. Uh, Chelsea, they signed Mark Cucurella from Brighton. Transfer was reportedly worth up to 63 million pounds. That's a lot of money. Uh, RB Leipzig, they re-signed Chelsea flame-out Timo Werner for around 35 million dollars. Or a million euros, excuse me. You can use a correct... Uh, Correct currency. So, yeah, that was a disappointing time over there in Chelsea for Timo. Um, they win the Champions League? No. A couple years ago? Yeah, a couple years ago, they won Champions League. That's crazy. Uh, let's see. Chelsea, they were interested in signing Cristiano Ronaldo, but uh, last month, a month ago on the 14th, they actually decided, not. Nah, we're not going to try to pursue him because Ronaldo had asked for a transfer. Because uh, Manchester United is not playing in the Champions League no more. Um, but then he rejoined the club, and things were apparently all swell and dandy. And they had their first match last week, and they lost 4 nothing. <laughs> oh, nasty, 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 nasty finish there. They lost to, like, Brighton, some lower club. Yeah, not looking good for Man U. Not looking good. Let's see. Christian Eriksen. Yeah, he did join the club, though, um, on a three-year deal. 
This is after that mirac miraculous return from the cardiac arrest that he had last year at the Euros that took place. That was pretty tragic, pretty crazy. Um, I know he was playing for Brentford pre previously this last season, so he was fit enough to keep playing, and so Man U's going to take that chance on him. So uh, best of luck to him for sure. Um, glad he's healthy and able to keep playing. Um, let's see here. More moves for United. Uh, they get uh, defender Lisandro Martinez, Argentinian. They get him from Ajax, and they'll worth up to $55 million, uh, million euros. Excuse me. Uh, potential deal for Frankie Dijon was made. It was reportedly around 85 million euros. But Dijon still didn't want to move on from Barcelona. They were trying to convince him to leave because they need to balance the budget. Frankie Dijon, let's see here. What's the latest? Um, yeah, there's apparently uh, a Bombay Yang might get sold as well, too. Oh, apparently the deal with, uh, with Man U is falling apart here. I don't know what's going on. One of them says they're confident. One of them says they're not. So I don't think there's anything been done quite yet. Yeah, this is all within the last 10 hours. I'm seeing contra <laughs> contradictory reports. Um... Yeah, he just looks like he doesn't want to leave, but they're kind of pushing him out the door a bit. Uh, a couple of days ago, he said that he was gonna admit to a deal, but now I don't know what's going on. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? More news from Barcelona: Usman Dembele signed a new contract with the team, so he's not leaving anywhere. He's gonna be there for at least twenty twenty four. Um, let's see. Other news from big powers: Bayern Munich is gonna sign Matthias Delit from Juventus for 70 million euros. A lot of money. Very, very talented young defender uh, going over to Germany. Juventus, man, they're losing a lot of their top flight talent. Doesn't seem like they're going to be on that same level of competition anymore in Italy. These Italian teams, they're just not on that same level anymore. They can't compete with the Bayerns and the PSGs and all the teams in the Premier League. Man Cities and the Liverpools of the world. Those are kind of the big clubs right now moving to money, so... See what happens, man. Uh, Paolo Diabrala looks like he's going to Roma. He's also leaving Juventus. Um, more news from Milan. Looks like they got Zlatan Ibrahimovic signed to a contract. Still recovering from that knee injury that he suffered last season. Let's see. Um, speaking of players coming from, from Italy, uh, Toronto FC signing Federico Bernadeschi formerly of Juventus as well, on a free transfer. So uh, another big name coming over to the MLS. Let's see, uh, Americans going the other way. We have U.S. international Zach Steffen. He finalized a deal to go to Middlesbrough on a loan from Man City. He was previously the second keeper behind uh, Ederson, but he's going he's gonna to try to get some playing time so he can prove that he, can, uh, he should be starting for Team USA in the World Cup. That's going to happen this this. Uh, this winter time, I guess. <laughs> crazy, crazy shit. It's so wild that they're doing it in the winter in Qatar this year. It's so wild. It should have already happened. Should have happened already. Should have happened. Um, let's see here. Reese Williams joins Blackpool on loan for 2022-2023 from Liverpool. Uh, let's see here. What else going on? Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk demands 50 million euros from FIFA. Says that little respect was shown to the Ukraine Ukrainian clubs. Foreign players were allowed to terminate contracts and sign elsewhere on a free transfer. Um, 
but the team lost out on transfer funds for Manor Solomon and Tete. So like they lost some they lost some money there because the the players were allowed to just get up and leave and go elsewhere and sign another contract. So um, Shakhtar is looking to get some compensation back for some of that rulings that FIFA had because that whole crazy shit that's going on with Ukraine and, and Russia right now. Um, it's wild shit. Still happening. Still ongoing. So much respect to the club. Um, see what happens there. Move on. Get going and start talking about some some fight game. Couple fight game stories. Um, talk about boxing first. Couple of the young guys. Couple of the uh, lighter rounds or uh, lighter divisions, I should say. Ryan Garcia. Let's talk about him first. He got to a six round knockout against Javier Fortuna. Um, he dropped him in the fourth, fifth, and the sixth before getting the victory. Uh, he did call out Tank Davis after the fight at 140 pounds. Um, another fight that just happened this last weekend, I got to uh, mention, um, was uh, Teofimo Lopez. He fought, who did he fight? Teofimo Lopez. Pedro Campa. And uh, he got the knockout in the seventh round, and he was dominating that fight for most of it. It was a... Uh, Good tune-up fight for Teofimo. Looks like he's trying to get back into the groove. See who, see if he can get back in, into contention for the title at 140. I mean, he he had the title at 135, but let's see what he could do here. Moving up, um, let's see here. Danny Garcia. He made his 154-pound debut on July the 30th with the he got a dominant win over Jose Benavidez via decision. He last fought versus Errol Spence on December 2020 at welterweight. It is only the second loss for Benavides. Uh, he had lost to Terrence Crawford in 2018. So, uh, yeah, good, good victory, good win there for uh, Danny Garcia. Um, as we move up to the bigger heavyweights, uh, Tyson Fury, it was reported that he had come out of retirement to fight Derek Chisora for a third time. He had apparently wanted to do a second trilogy fight, even though he had won pretty convincingly the first two times. Looks like he was just going to give him another bone there. But... Uh, a few days later, on his 34th birthday, he announced his retirement once again. He just says he's, quote, I've decided to, uh, to walk away, end quote. Is that the truth? I don't fucking know. Will he try to fight Francis Ngannou <laughs> in a hybrid fight in the future? I know they had teased that in the, in the past. We'll see what happens. Um, let's see. Celebrity boxing news. Jake Paul, Hasim Rahman Jr., they were scheduled to fight, uh, go blow, blow to blow with each other last month. That fight got canceled because apparently there were some weight issues with uh, Asim Rotman Jr. And his dad was calling out the Paul brothers saying, did you fight them all recently? So there's apparently some still bad blood. Uh, Asim Rotman Jr. had uh, uh, apparently sparred with uh, Jake Paul in the past and they had some issues in the gym. I know that there was a lot of controversy with some footage that you guys can see online and all that shit. So we'll see if that fight ever does happen. We'll see. We'll see. Um, let's move on over to MMA news. Uh, Chris Cyborg. Actually, she's going to transition into boxing. So a little bit of a hybrid here. Uh, September 25th is going to be her first fight. She's fighting Simone Silva in Curitiba, Brazil, in her home country. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see what she does. Just throwing, uh, throwing down with lacing up the gloves instead of the, uh, the MMA gloves, the little small ones. So... No more kicks, no more takedowns and all that. See how she does. See how she fares. Uh, as we go into the UFC news, uh, Yara Rodriguez, he won at UFC Long Island a few weeks ago. Ryan Ortega ended up injuring his shoulder in that main event. So that was a fortunate turn of events to see there. UFC London, uh, very interesting car. It took place a few, few weeks ago. 
Uh, they got the Scouser Sweep, Patty uh, Pimlinton, Patty the Batty, and uh, Molly McCann. Molly Meatball McCann. They both got victories, and they both got to celebrate and go wild. Drake got to cash in a big old check as well, too. Um, the main event was disappointing also. There was another injury. Um, oh, what was it? Um, gracious. Hold on. Got to look it up. You see results. Here we go. 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 Oh, Tom Aspinall. He injured himself. He injured his knee against Curtis Blaze in the main event. So that was a bit of a anticlimactic there. So yeah, we move on. Let's see here. Um, yeah, he tore his AC, he tore his MCL and his meniscus. So he didn't get an ACL, but it's still that sucks, man. Tragic injury. Uh, let's see. UFC 277 took place. Amanda Nunes. She got her title back from uh, Juliana Pena. Brandon Moreno got a TKO knockout over Kai Kawa France for the interim title. And it looks like they're going to now try to uh, have a Figueiredo, Davison Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreno 4. About to go down. Apparently it's going to happen in Brazil is what they said. Is what uh, they said in the post-fight. They had a little face-to-face meeting. Uh, looks like they reconciled. They had some bad blood in the lead-ups prior, but it looks like they're they're on the same page and they're cool now. Looked like Moreno kind of forgave uh, forgave him for what I don't know whatever the fucking shit he was saying prior. Um, so yeah, so hopefully that happens sometimes in the future. I think they're gonna try for maybe early next year. All right, we got some new fights coming up here. Um, Charles Oliveira and Islam Makashev are gonna fight for the vacant lightweight title at UFC 280 on October 22nd. This is gonna be taking place in Abu Dhabi in UAE. Um, looks like Alexander Volkanovsky, he said he wants to be a backup there for that fight. Volkanovsky currently is a 135-pound champ, and he's going to try to move up to 145, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, no. He's a 145-pound champ. He's going to move up to 155 is what it is. So, um, so yeah, that's what he wants to do. He wants to get a double, be double champ, move up. We'll see if he can do that. Um, in the meantime, we got Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw. That they're gonna have a title fight. That added it uh, was added to UFC 280. That's for the 135 pound belt. So that one's also going on in Abu Dhabi. Uh, another fight: Piotr Jan and Sean O'Malley. Woo! That's gonna be that's gonna be some fireworks. Sugar Sean and uh, the former champ Jan. They're gonna fight also on that same card. So um, maybe the winner ends up fighting the winner of uh, Sterling Dillashaw who knows who knows who we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see what happens um what else there's a fight announced for UFC 281 uh it's uh Michael Chandler and Justin Poirier that would be a firefight if that ends up getting confirmed uh supposed to be the main event for UFC 281 uh, I think that's taking place in November early November yeah November 12th uh, it's close to being finalized. That fight's supposed to take place at MSG, so that should be an action-packed car. They usually they have a lot of good fights on that one anytime they fight in uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, another one for UFC 282, Yuri Prochaska and Glover Teixeira. They verbally agreed to a rematch at UFC 282 on uh, December 10th in Las Vegas. So, yeah, those are the next couple UFCs there. Um couple people looking for fights frankie edgar it looks like he's trying to fight dominic cruz for, uh for a retirement fight in november this was announced prior to what happened to cruz last night um yesterday two days ago dude got front kicked to hell by marlon vera uh the other night and um congrats to vera that was a very impressive victory for him 
wild shit, man. Um, so yeah, I don't think that uh, matchup might not transpire then. Frankie Edgar versus Cruz. So we'll see if Edgar fights somebody else for a retirement fight or if he decides to wait out for uh, for Cruz. Or maybe early next year. I don't know. I don't know how long a medical suspension might be. Maybe at the end of the year. Maybe December. But then if you're Dominic Cruz, why would you necessarily want to do that? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, one more fight announcement that I have to mention here. Very, very important. Got to represent the 209. I got a big, big shout out to uh, the Nate Diaz Army. Um, uh, Nick Diaz Army. I have to excuse me. Excuse me. Big, big shout out to the to the Nate Diaz Army. Ah, damn it. Fucked it up again. <laughs> big, huge shout out to uh, Nick Diaz Army and uh, Stockton's own Nate Diaz. He's uh, up uh, at the end of his contract here with the UFC. He's got one fight left on this deal, and it looks like he finally was able to announce who he's fighting. And it is going to be... um, It's going to be a tough test, bro. It's going to be, like, maybe the toughest test of his career. Because he's fighting uh, Hamzat Shamayev, the undefeated fighter. Um, Phenom, rising up the ranks. They're going to be fighting uh, UFC 279, September 9th, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, they're going to be headlining it. Um, Therefore, they, they had talked about the Sterling versus Dillashaw fight being on that card. They got moved to 280. So this is going to be Nate's swan song. It's going to be the last fight on his contract. More than likely, he's going to be done with the UFC after this fight. So we'll see what that leads to. If he's going to get into the boxing ring and make some money doing that. If he's going to join Bellator, another organization, who knows. Um, what's probably going to happen is he's, he's going to have some lucrative contracts, whatever, regardless of whatever he wants to do. So... I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for the Diaz army. Uh, no doubt. 100%. But this is going to be a tough test, man. Shamayev is no fucking joke. That dude is a killer. Um, and it's going to take everything for, for Nate to, to come out with the victory here. Because he's going to be a massive underdog in this fight. But um, if he somehow rocks the world, uh, shocks the world, and ends up rocking Shamayev, then that would be a storybook ending. And... There's no way Dana White is gonna be happy about that ordeal. <laughs> he wants to end this one with a with a nice um, ego boosting win for Shamayev and for uh, to be able to knock down uh, Nate down a peg because he's it's been known he's, he's a bit petty with negotiations and stuff like that. So uh, let's go, free Nate Diaz, free Nate Diaz. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Um, Couple other news in the world of mixed martial arts. Um, Conor McGregor, he's going to star in the new movie, uh, the new remake of the movie Roadhouse alongside Jake Gyllenhaal. Stories about a former UFC fighter turned bouncer in the Florida Keys. So we'll see how he does there on the silver screen. Always making money away from the octagon. Apparently he's supposed to return at the end of this year, early next year. We'll see what happens with that. Um, former UFC title contender Rory McDonald. Grizzled veteran. He is retiring from the MMA after he lost uh, this weekend in the PFL. He got eliminated from uh, postseason contention in that organization. He got upset by Delano Taylor, who was a short-notice replacement. He took the fight on two-day notice and ended up beating McDonald uh, for that upset. So Rory decided to call it quits. He says, I'm done here. I've uh, put in all the work and all the effort, and and I've uh, solidified my career, man. Um, the man had some wars. The man had some battles. The one against, uh, oh, my God. 
um Robbie Lawler that bat that he, he ended up losing that was that was a nasty fight but um yeah man best of luck in retirement to you Rory um more news here Cain Velasquez he pleaded not guilty to attempted murder and other charges with that crazy situation that happened with uh his niece yeah his niece i want to say a month and a half ago so wild shit free Cain Velasquez i'll just say that um you can do very research into that whole situation. Fucking wild. We talked about it here already. Um, couple news and notes. A couple other sports, and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, wild shit going on in the world of golf. Hardly ever talk about golf here, but uh, you know the ongoing situation with the Live Golf Tournament versus the PGA Tour? Well, um, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, and nine others ended up suing the PGA Tour over uh, being suspended from them. And not being able to allow to play in any of the postseason FedEx Cup tournament um, games. There was, I think, three other golfers who in particular had a case that got denied uh, by a federal judge. Um, they tried to make it onto the FedEx Tour postseason, saying that, you know, like, we qualified, we're in the top 200, we should be able to play. But the uh, judge was like, nah, you knew what you were doing once you decided to go over with Liv. You were taking the check, you're not going to be able to play in this organization so like cake rocks bro like you, you made the decision it is what it is so so that one's almost done with that uh that whole scenario legally i guess for them but uh there's still going to be a lot of follow through and follow up apparently john daly begged greg norton for a spot on the live golf tour and uh he was like nah man you're too old and you haven't competed in a long time um yeah the shark man freaking leading this rival golf league it's kind of crazy so controversial um what else what else what else russian tennis player daria kasinkina who's ranked 12th globally she confirmed their relationship with another woman on social media recently uh it was with a russian olympic silver medalist uh in the figure skating natalia Zabiako. she also called for an end to the war with ukraine uh naturally she's gotten a lot of heat and backlash in her country from what i've heard um yeah for both for both for both things uh number one i want to say that it's like being gay is like illegal in russia or not or at the very least very much frowned upon um and then number two obviously denouncing the war with ukraine is also some other shit just like what the fuck are you doing we're trying to on their end they're, they're they're getting fed the story that they're fighting nazis and whatnot so like anybody who goes against the national narrative is kind of, you know, it's like, you got to be careful out there. You know, Putin don't play. He will take out his dissidents and whatnot. So interesting to see what's going on with the, the world of tennis over there. But uh, one last announcement, the last, last thing I want to say today. Um, Serena Williams announced her retirement uh, from the world of tennis. She plans to retire at the U.S. Open and then finish her career. Uh, she has won 23 Grand Sam singles titles. She's one away from the record. She's won seven Australian Opens, three French Opens, seven Wimbledons, and six U.S. Opens. She has four Olympic gold medals. These are just Olymp uh, individual gold medals. But she has 14 double titles, if you count the ones that she won with Venus, her sister. So arguably the greatest woman's athlete in any sport of all time. She's about to, she's like 
40, still playing tennis against girls that are like half her age. So congratulations, Serena Williams, on a tremendous career. You've earned everything that you've made. And um, it was great to see you at the YG concert. That seemed like you were having a fun time <laughs> at Coachella a couple years ago. Um, sorry, on the jumbo phone. Um, classic moment, crib walking at Wimbledon. That was, that was dope. Um, <laughs> ultimate badass. And, uh, yeah, putting on for them thick ladies out there. Doing it, doing it right. Uh, Serena Williams, one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. Um, story of her coming out of Compton with her and her sister is pretty damn crazy. I mean, I got fucking Will Smith uh, an Oscar, so, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should he have gotten it that night? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Was it worth the slap? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, like, congratulations to Serena. Um, best of luck in retirement. I know you're going to be doing all right. Your, your boo, your boo's got enough dollars for the both of you guys forever, forever, and never. So, um, Congratulations and enjoy that retirement there. So we're done here. This has been uh, episode 114. It's been a lot of fucking me blabbering, me jabbering. I don't even know where I'm at. Um, a lot of notes, a lot of notes taken. We're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to have uh, the homie Ernesto Ledesma on here as a guest. And we'll be uh, back into uh, doing the duo portion of the podcast, having uh, a couple people on here talking. So you don't have to listen to me just fucking babbering, uh, blabbering. Like, say this shit. Anyway, you're here for a reason. So whatever. Um, but yeah, follow us on Instagram. Follow us at the Puro Caballero Show. Give me a follow at Puro Caballero. You can give us a follow on SoundCloud. We're here on Twitch live. Um, the rebroadcast will be put up on YouTube. And so give us a follow there. Uh, listen to us. Give us the audio's only version. Some love on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud. You name it. All that shit. Uh, we'll be putting the links out on my Instagram as this becomes available. Um, oh, what up, Hispanic? How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? Yes, I will be there next week. I will be there next Tuesday. I hope to see you there. Um, so, yeah, Scam Artist. Check it out. Check it out. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot, a couple other people forgot to say thanks to. Jumped on a couple shows this weekend. Um, Troy Douglas, thank you. Shout out to you for having the Extra Crispy Show at the um, what is it? Group Therapy Pub. That was kind of a wild night. Um, I'll just say that. And then shout out to Ryan Radicinovich for letting me drop by at the uh, Boyle Heights Bar and Boyle Heights on Saturday. That was a very fun show as well. So, yeah, I think that's about it here. Uh, we're wrapping up. This has been episode 114. Later, y'all.